Okay. <clears throat> Let's start. Let's pray first. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Shukurabaka Shikidiyankarabaka Shandarabaka Sina. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is alive and life-transforming, Lord. I just thank you this morning as we sit at your feet. Holy Spirit, acknowledge you as the greatest teacher and reveal our truth. I ask that you think through my mind, speak through my mouth, let your words go forth, not in my own human wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, did anyone start to put yesterday's word into action already? <laughs> or else you're collecting a lot of word. Uh? I know Pastor Piara did it. Praise the Lord. Uh, he's not here yet. Okay, thank God. Uh, this morning he shared that uh, he have one, one soul saved. Yeah, in uh, where he is. Praise the Lord. This is the, uh, for him, yeah. Yesterday, I just felt, you know, once the walls come down, the, there is a breaking in the spiritual realm. You just, as long as he continues to preach the gospel, right? God's part is to save the souls. But his part, our part, not only for Pastor Pera, okay? Uh, he only came in quite recently. <laughs> The rest have been here for ages. Okay, so don't just collect the words. Okay, go out and start. There's no right time to start or best time to start. The best time is always now. The world teach that for uh, for money, you know, but we are have a greater treasure. What we are working for, right? It's our Lord Jesus who loves us and never hold back anything from us. That's the only thing that he asks us to do, if there's anything for us to do. All right. Okay. We, yeah, we will continue today, you know, just, just to share with you since, uh, yeah, Piara came in, where is he? In the waiting room. Someone admit him. Yeah. Hello. He's not in yet. Uncle T in the waiting room. <laughs> How come y'all? <laughs> okay, not yet admit one. Must be very fast, okay? I can see. Okay, Pastor Piara. Hey, Uncle T, welcome to God's Good morning, Pastor. ministry. Good morning. All right. Good okay. morning. Good morning, oh. Pastor. Yes, good morning, Uncle T. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and yes. yeah, uh, Piara. Yeah, is it yesterday the soul was saved? Yeah, you led someone to Jesus. Uh, okay, so can you all please uh, <laughs> translate for him? Okay, and uh, also the other, the next thing for him is uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. I am not very sure Perak received baptism of the Holy Spirit or not. Yeah. If not, can you, you please tell him that what I'm talking, all right? If not, then I'll pray for him for, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, and then he can uh, do for uh, the rest of the people who have received the Lord, okay? Because we, we don't stop at 
salvation. Yeah, after salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit is very, very needed. Okay, yes, remember uh, yesterday I asked a question and then I got a bit shocked. <laughs> okay, what was Jesus' final words? So now I have to be very careful that you all get you know what is, is said. So I have I thought maybe I teach wrongly or what. So I go and check again. Luke, all right. What did he say before he went up? All right. Say tell. Huh? Yes. Wait. Uh, wait. Wait. Once you receive the Holy, until you be uh, endued with power from on high, and then it is go and preach the gospel, become a witness. Right. So this is what Jesus said. And gave to his disciples. Are we not his disciples today? His sons and daughters, right? So, and we don't wait so long, right? Then we just wait. <laughs> wait until Holy Spirit come upon you. We don't say, okay, okay, I do what Jesus said. Huh? Wait, wait until he comes. No, it is say, wait until I come again. Okay, that will be 2,000 years later. So he says, wait until you be endured with power from on high. And all of us here have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we already got it. Okay, now with the power of the Holy Spirit, let's go out. And as you preach the gospel, the Lord, all right, the, the, the miracles will happen. The salvation of souls will happen. Don't keep asking God, pray for salvation of souls, and then we didn't do anything. No point, okay? Because God using us, his people, to go out and preach the gospel. Then signs and miracles I wonders follow you, not we follow signs and wonders. Okay? And then look at the signs and say, wow, God is so powerful. Okay, I, I think it's time, right, that the church don't talk to themselves. <laughs> you know, and, you know, God, you, you know, we're talking to one another about how real is God when we should be having non-Christian unbelievers in our midst so that we can preach the gospel, even if you want to one, at least bring them in. Okay, we the Lord directed that Holy Spirit that our service every day, every Sunday is miracle service, and then in the end, no unbeliever at all, <laughs> worse than before. What happened? We settled down back into the uh, uh, you know, the church, churchy thing, right? Where it's all about us, really, it's all about Jesus, and then it's all about us. We have received so much already of the goodness and the grace of God. Right, it's time. I, you think God don't want to save souls? It's just waiting for everyone to just go out, invite someone who doesn't know Jesus. All right, Jonah, yesterday, what happened is that he, he has this, this thing in his heart that he wants to preach judgment and see God's judgment come upon the people. I hope this is no more in our heart. That, and because of that, he doesn't want to go and preach the gospel because he knows God is good. God is gracious. Why we sometimes don't want to share with certain people is because we feel that person doesn't deserve. We feel that the person deserves to go to hell because that person is so bad, <laughs> did so many things, isn't it? So why preach the gospel to him? Right? And that is something like what Jonah felt. You know, this Nineveh, the people are so wicked, they deserve to be punished. I, I, I come and share, the, share the, the word of God to them. I know you got, if they, if they repent, you will sure save them. So when you 
when we have supposedly received so much grace, undeserved favor from God, then we don't have this attitude to people around us, even if they are the worst sinner and God put them across your path. Suddenly, you met them or you open the door and you met them, right? The compassion, the grace of God is in the heart. If we think that, yeah, these people deserve to go to hell or they deserve to be punished, they don't deserve the gospel, then we haven't got understand grace yet because none of us deserve the gospel. None of us deserve the grace of God. But he still extended it to us and saved us. So what about the, the one you say, oh, this one commit adultery, you know, took somebody's husband, took somebody's wife. I don't want to preach the gospel to her. Lah. She deserves to be punished. The other one, lah, you know, don't know, do what, lah, so wicked. Lah. Every time all the bad words come up. Right? For us, it's not to convict that, con, uh, to, try to convert them, but just share the gospel with them, that Jesus loved them just as he loved us. That's all. Whether they receive or they not receive, it's, you know, it's God knows. But our part is to share. So Jonah, right, felt a lot of self-righteousness probably, <laughs> you know, and felt that, you know, Nineveh don't deserve to be saved. This wicked generation don't deserve to be saved. Do we still have that attitude in our heart? I hope not, right? When we have the grace of God, when we receive, that's why I said, we cannot give up grace until we receive grace. You may hear tons of messages of Pastor Joseph Prince about grace. But if you have not received it in your own heart, your heart will still be very hard, just like Jonah's was. You know, hardened, hardened actually. But yet, at the same time, knowing that God is so good. Okay, so until we come to God and say, you know, Lord, yeah, I receive your grace. I receive your undeserved favor. And then God will open our eyes and our heart to see others undeserving like us. They too deserve to hear, at least hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the grace of God. That's the heart of God that is beating. Okay, so I believe that what, you know, even... You know, this, uh, this, this uh, Daniel fast is really in, in amazing, even much more than the previous one that I, I did in March. It, last night itself, I woke up around two something, you know, since it, um, you all are, are here, yeah, and uh, when I, I slept back, uh, he, he spoke some things to me, and then I slept back, and then I had this vision, you know, of... Uh, Oh, <laughs> share the vision. I feel that anointing. Okay, I, I saw and I was like, I, I think I'm awake, half awake, half asleep. Because I, when I saw it, I said, Lord. Then at first I saw like black and white, you know, a lot of angels, a lot of activity, you know, in the uh, from heaven and towards earth. A lot of angels moving up and down, a lot of uh, uh, the, 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 the glory, you know coming from these, these uh, angelic beings. And then at first I saw black and white. Then I said, Lord, I want to see color. <laughs> I want to see color. All black and white only. Then suddenly, boom! You know, it was like a, a, a TV screen, you know, a, a screen and the picture became colors. And I saw the sky, I saw the earth, green, blue. And I said, Lord, this is so beautiful. And after that, there were some something like lightning dropped and turned into words and God was speaking to me something 
you know, about about him and about me, and not about what is happening today. It is so beautiful, all right. God is moving us, you know. Uh, beautiful ashes, everyone who are inside here, into a wonderful end time ministry where angels are going to accompany us, where you know to help us in the work. But he just need us to start moving. All right, whether move the mouth or move the leg or the, the, the hands, start moving. Because the activity in the spiritual realm is very intense. Okay, if you know in book of Revelations, all right, the, all the, the bowls are being, you know, the oil, they have been opened, the scrolls have been opened for the end times before Jesus come. It's very active in the spiritual realm. And so are the demonic side, you know, trying to, stop as many people coming to know Jesus. And we are living in that 11th hour and God is helping us. He is not leaving you alone to, you know, to go and uh, uh, preach the gospel. He's helping us. And to, today we will see even more, all right, uh, as, as well, what the, the mission that God has given to us. It's such a privilege to receive this, this wonderful commission, all right? The work of the mission impossible. I be all on the TV and see right? mission impossible. Okay, and it's so exciting. What about the mission that God gave us? Are you going to step into this mission impossible in our own strength? Yes, but not impossible when you have the Holy Spirit with us and the angels backing us and the whole of heaven, all right, backing us. Everyone, all of you, including Uncle T, all right. God is going to use. You don't have to wait until we are ready. <laughs> the moment you step up, you are ready. The moment that is faith, all right? Because God do everything for you. Yeah? You even experience the uh, side benefit yourself. When we are no more conscious of our problems, our health or whatever, do you know what happens? As we water others, we get watered. When you go out and preach the gospel, you'll find, eh, no more already, this pain. No more already that, uh, you know, whatever you are suffering from. It just disappears. You get healed as, as, you go, as you go out and lay hands on the sick and they get healed. God is that amazing and that good. All right. So let's get into the action now of the word of God. I think we have been listening. Yeah, we will still keep listening because uh, teaching, I still keep teaching because uh, as uh, in expectancy of new believers, all right, getting saved. And remember through who, okay? Everyone here, all right? Like uh, Rehab Ponke said, 600 million, I think, Christians only in this world of 7.7 .7 billion. If each one, instead of just every day about me, then go out and bring one soul, it will double and the whole world can be reached. This is our mission. This is what we live for. All right. In between, we are blessed. This is our wonderful Lord. All right. Every one of you who have chosen to, to be part of this ministry, all right, has a calling has a divine destiny, okay? Because a long, long time ago, 
I already, when God chose me, I told him, my life, no, in the ministry, no accident. Whoever comes in, it's not coincidence. All right? Up to them whether they want to receive the destiny, but it is for equipping the saints to fulfill their calling. It's not for us to just feel nice and good and be blessed. We are blessed. You can go to any ministry that preach blessing about prosperity and you can be blessed. But this is about a mission. All right? God mobilized others of his uh, generals in, in other parts of the world as well. But here, we just see, yeah, God has called us for this last day and we are honored and privileged, more privileged than serving the president, I said, of the United States. We are serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, okay? So we will, for Saturdays, all right, <laughs> all right, make it that there are unbelievers here to hear the gospel. I don't want to preach the gospel to you already. <laughs> okay, no, there's no practice also. Okay, everyone here has been equipped. Okay, preaching the gospel, being a witness for Jesus Christ is just telling someone about Jesus, you know, who he is, what he has done for you, for the whole world. That's all it's as simple as that. I don't see a very difficult gospel. Do you? <laughs> that you have to study years and years how to preach the gospel, right? It's a life that you live. All right, it's an experience. So the teaching for, for milk, all right, is to bring you to have that real relationship and reality with God. That God speaks to you and you speak to Him. And that's how you and being led by the Holy Spirit, right? This is what we have been doing in these uh, eight sessions. Okay, we have done through the foundation course one, whereby at least you know. The Bible, <laughs> okay, what is inside the Bible? How you know the, 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 the how to divide the Bible, all right? Properly, what God says to new creation, who you are as a new creation, who God is, right? And then still foundational is to have this fellowship, all right, in the foundation too. Okay, first one, you know, about learn about grace again. You hear about your being the righteousness of God again, all right? It's again, all right? Most of you have heard many times, all right? Those who are new, first time, good. And first time you get it, even better, right? But if you need again and again, all right, go and listen. Uh, Evelyn and Zoe have already uh, recorded for us, okay? If you've forgotten everything, go again. Build that relationship with God. It's not that he doesn't want to talk to you. Is that we just don't spend enough time with him. Yeah, right. Knowing your husband, your wife, your uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whatever, the one that you call a loved one, you spend time with them. Okay, so read the Bible as if you are reading God's love letter to you, not for information. You have a lot of information already. Okay, what we need is fellowship. God speaking to you. That's why in this session, it starts with. Uh, Romans 8, no condemnation. That is to understand grace, that God does not condemn us because of Jesus Christ was condemned on our behalf. And then from there, we, we, we got to know in uh, Romans 8, chapter 2, sorry, Romans 8, verse 2, right? That there is a new law that is in operation. That is when it is the, the realm of the Holy Spirit, our spirit of life, no more 
uh, doing this, doing that to get God's favor and God's attention. We all already had his attention when Jesus died on the cross. Okay, that he thought of all of us, every one of us, right? And then how to live in that uh, where we are led by the spirit, how to think from the spirit man instead of the carnal mind, all right? Because the thoughts affect our emotions, okay? All right, so this is, if you still haven't got it, listen again, okay? We are so blessed to have this IT thing, all right? And uh, Zoe with us, right? That every time, you know, it's not, I don't know what pastor preach, no more already. <laughs> Yeah, but it is still there, you know, it is there, recorded, okay, listen again, listen until you get the revelation, all right, that it's Christianity is really a relationship, don't speak it, only and tell the, you know, okay, part of the script to, to preach the gospel is to tell them, okay, being a Christian, you know, it's, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, and then they ask, How's your relationship with God? <laughs> Did he talk to you this morning? Ah? <laughs> and then they say, ah? Um, mm, ah. <laughs> okay, there's no relationship. Okay? So relationship is talking and listening to the other party talking. All right, like God walked with, uh, who, who is that? The first one, Adam. Then God walked with Enoch. All right, God walked with all the men and women in the Bible. And you will see that they did, they, Talk to God. God talk to them. The Holy Spirit speak to them clearly. All right? Not funny, funny things. Okay? But very clearly. And we go into led by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, are the sons and daughters of God. It's not just you're born again. You're a child of God. Fine. But you want to grow from being a child to a son and daughter. And when those when you are led in your life, there's so many areas, direction, all right, where to go, what to do. Okay, that is when you let him, you are able to hear him this way. And the loudest direction, the loudest voice that he's speaking is what? <laughs> the one that yesterday y'all shocked me. All right, go and preach the gospel. Yeah, if you haven't heard that yet. Even how much I preach, how much uh, you read Smith Milgers' work, Rehab Bonke videos or what, you haven't heard the Holy Spirit. Because there's, if, if it, you know, he first tells us you are the righteousness of God, and that, then he's there to guide us into our destiny. And that is to, you know, the prompting is what? When you meet an unbeliever, there should be a prompting inside your heart. Speak to him or her about Jesus. Wow, if we haven't even come to that state of that communication with him where he can tell you freely, you know, this soul is lost. Speak to him. It may be only 10 minutes, 5 minutes of your time. It doesn't take a lot of time. We, we spend more time eating. <laughs> okay. Yeah, where you go to the supermarket or whatever, there are souls there. If you will hear him, right, and say, this one, this one sitting down there, go and talk to him, talk to her, just say hi and talk to them about Jesus. It doesn't take a long time, right? As I said, we eat, we cook, we wash, it's even more longer time, right, Joan? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but talking to someone about Jesus doesn't take very long time, okay? It just needs to have to realize that this is our this is our God-given privilege, 
in these last days. Sometimes so many souls are there in front of us and we just let them bypass us without even, they don't even know you are a Christian at all. Yeah, that's why Paul says what? Let me not be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah, because we can be feeling ashamed that we are Christian. And that is the, the devil putting into us. We are led by what? The thoughts of the devil? God will never lead you to say, don't share the gospel. <laughs> that is for John. No, he, he will never speak. The Holy Spirit will never speak like that. You know, he will never speak to you and say, you don't need to share the gospel. That is for Pastor Stephanie. That is for Pastor Cheng Lan's work to do. Or, you know, whoever. No, he will put that burden in your heart if you will only ask him to. Yeah, all the teaching and all the, 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 the teaching, right, and preaching is for believers to go up so that they can go into the battlefield there and win souls, right? Again, if you don't want to, it's fine. But I believe that every one of you here, God has put that desire in your heart. So don't let it just become a desire, right? Work, step into it. Ask God, you know, and today you will, uh, the closing of this uh, six foundation tool of Romans 8, right? The Lord has even more wonderful things because I don't believe, I don't think there's any more things that he wants us to do until rapture other than now evangelism, right? He's equipping us for the last final day harvest of souls. Venice for your brother, yeah, uh, Dennis, right, to receive the Lord. So it's not only our family starts from our household, yes. Then, but we don't forever focus only on our family, right? You know, God says, I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs, when you work for him in the field, he will take care of your house. That means he will take care of your household. He will take care of all our needs. All we need to go out into the field and work for Jesus, all right? And today we will see when, when we, the, the fight finale, all right, of all that we have learned, like, like what is God is for you, not against you. All things work together for good, all right, to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Okay, today's session, all right, is the end, but the beginning, okay? It's the end of what God says, for us believers, that was begin. It ought to begin. If if you all, some of you have not even started yet, then some already started, right? But this as all is the beginning of your life of serving him in pleasure, living in pleasure as well as service. Whereas I, I believe that the next, you know, this is the foundation for our lives and preaching the gospel is another foundation, but it is serving the Lord probably will be the next sessions of us, the spirit man development. Okay, because we cannot keep on having milk. <laughs> milk is only for babies for a certain time. We need to take meat already. Okay, I'm glad that nobody went the opposite direction after yesterday's teaching. <laughs> that one you can clap for yourself. Nobody went and uh, 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 Marajo or Sop, you know, that 
Hey, Pastor Stephanie, ask us to go preach the gospel. I don't want to come to the meeting anymore. <laughs> okay. No, right? We are all the soldiers, all right, of God. So there's a place where we are the family and we will always be family, okay? Nothing will, will change that, all right? But the thing is that, you know, we just don't be a family until Jesus come. And that's all. I, 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 I went to a church before in, in uh, uh, KL when I first came to Malaysia. And yes, they had the, the tongues. That's where I got baptized in the spirit, where Holy Spirit filled me or rather baptized me. And, but I saw this church very lawful, okay? And they just, for years and years, they were just in this family concept, <laughs> you know? So there's no very few new addition to the church, all right? New believers. What happened? The church grow is five. They got married to each other <laughs> because we all started very young, very single, including the pastor. It was a pioneering work in Kuala Lumpur that I, I came in. And then after that, it's just, they are, you know, the, the single one married, the you know, one boy married the other girl. They fell in love. They got married. They produced children. The children go up. So after 20 years, the church members are their, the, the first few people, their children. <laughs> that's all <laughs> you know not condemning or what but that is not the gospel that's not how how it works right we are the in the book of acts god added three thousand at one time and then after that five thousand and they uh, they went out to all the uttermost parts of the earth and preached the gospel nations right the church grew multiplied all right, the word is the church multiplied. You cannot, it's not the be fruitful and multiply the Adam and Eve one. Okay, <laughs> so that one is fine. You can get married. Actually, even the last days, all right, Jesus talked about it besides Jonah. All right, Jesus talked about the last days, it will be like the days of Noah. Remember Noah? And if you, you know, there's a verse you can Google and find, right? As in the days of Noah, so shall the days you know, of the son of man be. What was happening in the days of Noah? There was a warning that the flood is coming, right? And Noah preached, right, that for a hundred years. Yeah. And then the people didn't believe. And the Bible says that Jesus said that they were, as the days of Noah, they continued in uh, getting married and having children. And nothing wrong with that. Okay, please go ahead. And if you want to marry, go ahead and marry. But the, the thing of the world, right? The, the normal things that the world people do, the unbelievers do, they ignore the, the message from God through his prophet Noah that the flood is coming. All right? And we are living in those days where God raised up prophets to tell the world, you know, Jesus is coming. And then what are we going to do? You know, judgment is coming for those who don't know Jesus. And God's heart is that no one should perish. And then that's why he gave the great commission to his sons and daughters, you know, to carry out. But this is, if you love him, you know, we say that we love him because he first loved us. Love is demonstrated. Jesus, God demonstrated his love for us by dying on the cross. Today we can, if we love him back, that's, that's all he asked for us to do. Preach the gospel, share, 
all right? He already gave us the Holy Spirit. And what joy, what joy it is when you see people coming to know Jesus. Such great joy. Don't let Pastor Pera only have this, this joy. <laughs> and he said, oh, only third world countries will receive the lottery. Don't have any logic or reason. Okay. That, oh, it's because they are third world countries. Oh, because Africa third world, that's why they save a lot. No such thing. Right? Look, Reha didn't go out there because he felt that only third world countries people will receive the lot. What about your world? Our, our world? Don't meet Jesus? <laughs> yeah, human being as such. As much as we in Malaysia or Singapore need Jesus, same. They also, we, we also need. And is God only the God of Rehab Monke in the mission field on the third world country? It's not God. Yesterday I said, it's not, do you want God to be identified with you? The God of Evelyn, the God of Zoe, the God of Ishwan here. And how does he identify with you? Yes, not, no longer, it's not about Israel anymore. Yes, we, we, I talked about the blessings so that all of us can also experience the blessings as the, as the Jews, all right, when we follow. But the gospel went out. Jesus turned, all right, from the Jewish nation to the Gentile nation with the gospel of grace, the good news. That's why Jesus went on the cross, right? It is for us, all right, for us. So don't just stay there in the blessings, okay, but go out. The gospel is for everyone, every Gentile, including the Jew. But because they rejected Jesus, he turned to the Gentiles, to you and me. Yeah, that is our privilege. We've been entrusted, you know. The Bible, uh, Paul used that word so beautifully. He said, oh, I'm a very trustworthy person. Okay, good. Can God trust you with the gospel? That you're not just going to keep it and hide it? under the cushion but you're going to let it burn inside your heart and carry it out to the nations to people around you starting from jerusalem that is the most one that's why it's, it's so honored to serve the lord to preach the gospel because the word that god used is i'm trusting you with the gospel it's so beautiful right we feel very uh, you know, nice when someone say, I trust you. Yeah, if you, wow. You know, I can be trusted that to do whatever it is, right? But God is saying to us, I want to trust you with the gospel. Will we take up that trust that God has for us, his new creation, and do something with the gospel to save others, lead others to Jesus? Amen. Okay. You see, actually, I can preach better without all these slides. <laughs> I will go on and on. Okay. But never mind. All this, I believe, preparing for 1819, no slides. I'm going to speak. This is all to prepare you. All right. And when that two days come, I believe and trust the Holy Spirit to just move and speak. I will be speaking to you from my heart. It's all here, it's still from my heart, but then it's all, sometimes it's a bit distracting, all the slides. But I need to give you all the scriptures, all right? That is the building part for you. And the Lord is going to move mightily, okay? But again, don't wait for 1819 to go and share the gospel, right? 
today. <laughs> All right, go and find someone. Okay, session eight. Right, we started with session one is what? <laughs> ah, yes. No condemnation in Christ, right? When you have born again, the first thing in order to anything for God, you, if the Lord, if the devil can succeed in putting you at the place of Romans 7, all right, still feeling condemned, still feeling guilty, still feeling unloved and feeling, right? All the feelings, nothing more than feelings, right? <laughs> this is the old era one, okay? So are we going to live in that feelings all the time? No, just the teaching of spirit, soul, and body is to get us out of the feeling. I got no mood. I'm feeling sad today. I'm feeling down today. Yeah, the soldier, all right? A baby can afford to feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the mother come running, all right? But a soldier in the army, and the, your, your, the general will kick you out <laughs> if you tell the, you know, your commander, today I don't feel like going into, the, you know, listening to your command, uh, to, to your, this one. I don't feel like taking the, the gun. I don't feel like going into battle. Okay, we are not fighting the devil, right? All those are basic that you understand. Okay, but there's still a war. There's still a territory where people are still under darkness. Okay, we cannot afford to be feelings. As a pastor, I learned that so many years ago in the first ministry. And, the, you know, the devil attacked pastor's wife or pastor, you know, how? Everything fine. On the day you're going to preach Sunday morning, sure got some squabble one. Correct. <laughs> Those of you, husband and wife. Right? Everything fine, right? Then after that, on the day, you're going to preach. If you're not preaching, not so bad, you know, but still you attack you, go to church or so put on a mask because actually you're very angry with your husband. The husband is very angry with you, <laughs> you know, but you have to put on a mask. Okay, you, you don't have to treat me. Okay, I've gone through everything already. <laughs> yeah, so, but worst case is when you are the pastor, you know, and then you prepare already. Wow, so on fire, you know, with the message. And then suddenly, the most irritating person on earth, <laughs> the one you're supposed to love the most, became the one most irritating. And then you had a little you know, emotional fight, okay? And you just sit there and you feel like, Lord, I cannot preach, I cannot preach, I'm so angry, you know, I cannot preach. But by the grace of God, okay, we had to overcome, as, as pastors, we had to overcome that. Preaching pastors, okay, not, not the, 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 the pastor of a big church where you just take care of people and you are called pastor. Okay, the preaching pastor, okay? You have to get up. It's you, it's you. if you don't preach, who is going to preach? <laughs> if I don't preach today, who wants to preach? Okay, one day I must just, uh, just simply call. Okay, Robert Lowe, you preach. <laughs> okay, Zoe, preach. So, right, if you just have to overcome whatever uh, feelings, anger, emotions, and then say, Lord, this is my job. Right? I, I wonder, you entrusted me with the word or with the gospel. Just stand up and do it. And the Holy Spirit never failed, all right, to, to be there. And after, after the whole thing, you forgot already. <laughs> all the feelings go already. No more angry with the husband or wife or whatever. All gone, you know. It's just a lie, a devil put there for us to stop us from doing the ministry. That's why it, the equipping and the training 
is so very important. Yeah, it's not, oh, okay, no, I don't want to preach. No, there are many other areas. Yes, you may be not in the limelight. Yeah, but still all these things can hit you. You can serve and then the place very long. You know, I've been, I've visited a church and then the Sunday school teachers are fighting. <laughs> Big church. I was visiting only, you know, in so many years, right? So, so hey, you know, they're throwing things at each other, screaming, shouting at each other. I hope it doesn't have happened in spark jewels. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll have a, a, a Marianne, mommy, come and see what happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so if we are not properly equipped, all right, for the spirit man to rule and take over, control our emotions and feelings okay this is what will happen in the church they're fighting among themselves you know and they forgot that there's a child there who doesn't know jesus there's a man there who's sitting in the pew who doesn't know jesus all right so that's where our focus need to be on lost souls all right and the part for us to develop is just develop our spirit man all right to know that we can control our uh, emotions, what we thoughts that we think, okay, and then we are ready for service. Otherwise, you are up and down, up and down. How to serve the Lord? <laughs> it's not that you know. I would love it if all of you become preachers, right? So that we can, you know, save more, more people. But ready? <laughs> I cannot. Uh. Today, today I got no more. Uh. Today I cannot. Uh. So I thank every one of you, right? Whatever you have, you offer unto Jesus, and then. Let him change us and transform us with the word of grace, the gospel of grace, as well as the power of the Holy Spirit, whereby Holy Spirit come, you got to move. <laughs> if you don't move, there's no point having the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right. Okay. So today we started all right, in the life uh, with Jesus with no condemnation. So that has to, you know, uh, be very one of our foundation inside us that stop condemning yourself anymore, all right? And if there's a sin, okay, then ask God, you know, how to get out of that sin. Because if we still keep on sinning, then it's, it's not because um, a God don't forgive your sin, right? Or God condemn you, but it's our heart condemn us. Doesn't mean grace, doesn't mean, right, that um, we just go and sin although we can, all right, just read Romans 6, all right, because the, the real grace message is that it's impossible to sin. You cannot, it's not your nature. So that's what I've already taught you, okay? The nature is inside you. It's just not possible. You may do a little bit, but after that, you, don't, you just don't want to continue. If you listen to grace and you continue sinning, something is wrong. The grace message has not touched you. Okay, if the grace message has really touched you, you will know I don't want to continue sinning, but how do I get out of this? All right, and that is by knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, that is the solution for stopping the sin because when you're no longer under, under law and you're under grace, sin has no power over you. But grace does not say, okay. This is something wrong. And, and, you know, and then God forget about his holiness and righteousness and all that. No, God is still, he's still God. He's still holy. There's still right and wrong. Law is God's, God's law. There's nothing wrong with the law. Okay? But 
we cannot come to God, we cannot live the victorious life by following the law. Okay, so that's why Jesus came, all right, by grace, save us by faith, through, by faith, through, by grace, through faith, all right? And then we come into a faith relationship with him by grace, where we can, as sins are forgiven forever. Yes, if you choose to sin, you still can, if you have the real conversion in your heart. But we, you are so great, grateful for his grace that we will choose not to sin. So inside us, the Holy Spirit there is still got traffic light. Okay, that means it, it's not, you. okay, now you are a grace Christian, although there's no such thing. <laughs> you are just a, a, a child of God, okay? But so, which means what? I don't, you know, there is no more right and wrong. I just do everything. No, there is still right and wrong. There is still the, the conviction inside. When we sin, it is sin. But knowing that God has forgiven our sin and you don't remember it anymore gives you the power to get up and walk instead of the other way where you still feel condemned. You condemn yourself. I've done wrong again. I've paralyzed again. I've scolded. I've lost my temper. And then that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, church. <laughs> you know, that is condemnation. Okay. So the you know the whole the whole gospel, right? There's a lot of things inside. And I, I think I've said I've said this not the first time, many, many times. All right. So with no condemnation, this is the grace of God. If you experience no condemnation, praise God. We still do sin on and off. Yeah, but He don't condemn you. What? Wonderful God, you know, because of Jesus, you don't have to live in that awful cloud, you know. I'm so terrible, you know, I'm so sorry, God. And it's like 10 days, I cannot get out of it. <laughs> okay, so he doesn't want us to live like that anymore. So he says, in Christ, I don't condemn you. All right, and I give you the way out of sin. Okay, because you live under an oper operation of a new law. So now, as we go along, Right, the, the last few verses in Romans 8 that Paul all right, tells us about the living in the spirit or living the life of pleasure and not pressure, okay, is there is no separation in Christ. Okay, I put this picture of a, 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 a person skydiving, all right, uh, it, it, it's just a picture of it trying to illustrate, okay, the, the real intimacy of meaning is of course much deeper than this, right? But that's the furthest, you know, that I uh, in sometimes using the physical to, to illustrate, all right? Just like the astronaut or that, okay? It's much deeper, but at least it helps us to understand a little bit more, all right? So I, and some of you may not like uh, skydiving, <laughs> but I love the sky. You know, if I had a, a privilege to do this when I was 20 or 30, I would have done it, all right? It is, because I just love the sky. I love going on an aeroplane and looking down from above. And then I see the world is so small. I say, God, you see our problem so small only actually. <laughs> right? It's the perspective. You know, you see a problem, my problem is so big. You know, but when you go up there, right, you really enjoy because everything looks small. The problems that we have, small. Everything. And then, but we're still enclosed by an aeroplane, right? But imagine here, there is the wind blowing and you're like really on top of the world, right? That's what 
you know, the, even the Christian, the unknown Christian world uh, created a song. Uh, on, I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation. Okay, this is an old, old song, right? Yeah, to be on top of the world. But today, believers are under the circumstances, <laughs> under the world, <laughs> right? Okay, so why? We are the life of our living in the spirit or living in pleasure and not pressure is when you are on top and you're above. That's why God says what? Look at above. Don't just look around you, right? In this small little world that God see, you know, he can just crush it with his finger and destroy this whole earth and every one of us. Have you ever thought about that? If not for God's love, when Adam sinned, he just, ah, forget about this human, human beings. <laughs> Sometimes we, that's how we see other people, right? Oh, they are just a nuisance. God can say that we are all nuisance. Wasting his time, wasting his energy, but he never. God is has a heart of love and compassion. Right? He sees each one of you, Uncle T, as someone very precious to him. And he says, I'm going to recreate Uncle T. You know, doesn't matter at what point in his life, whether 50 years old, 60 years old, what I'm going to make him a new creation and give him a purpose in this life. Right? Before, before I come and take him. All right, whether you are 20 years old, 30 years old, that is God's love reaching out to every one of us at the cross 2,000 years ago. And he wants us to live above situation, above circumstances, when we have the right perspective, when we are, you know, seen from God's viewpoint. Do you know, when this lady is in the skydiving, there's someone that is holding her. She don't no need to be afraid to fall. She just need to open her eyes and look and see from above, right? And enjoy, okay, what God has created. When we don't see from God's perspective, we cannot enjoy life because we're always looking at the problem. There is nothing to enjoy. Are you all enjoy problems, <laughs> difficulties? Of course not, right? But God says we can overcome. Provided we are seeing the situation on this earth from his view. Okay? And that's where no separation is to me at the end. It's like something like this. All right? But you will not, you know, Jesus hold on to you. All right? You will never be separated and you can enjoy from up there. Okay? Everything in our life. Everything in your life, okay, whether it's work or what, and we will go into it. Romans 8, 35. Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Who, Paul says, after, remember all the sessions ahead uh, before this, and this verse says, who when you talk about, you know, all things work together for good, right? And then, who can separate you? From what? <laughs> From God's love. In who? In Christ Jesus, the anointed one. Okay? Through Christ is the, the, the manifestation of God's love, the demonstration of God's love. Jesus came and died for you. No need to ask God for any other proof. God Prove to me you love me. <laughs> I don't feel. Okay. 
God said, you know, I already proved already. I sent my son to die for you. Right? If you have a son and you want to show, you know, that you love the people and you gave your son to die, right, Uncle T? Isn't that the proof that you love so-and-so? Yeah. It's already amazing proof for a father to part, right? And God himself to give his son as the sacrifice so that you and me can be born again. So this love is endless, unconditional. It says absolutely no one, all right? If, you know, in marriage, you can say, oh, the third party come in and break the relationship, separate, okay? Here, no one can separate this relationship of love, okay? Not relationship of convenience. <laughs> Some marriage, marriage of convenience, right? Especially in America. They just go into a contract. Okay, I marry you, all right? Uh, for then, you know, they write down in the contract, okay? Then after that, just divorce, lah, if, if you cannot fulfill it. No, God will never divorce us in our marriage relationship with Him. That's what it means. Nothing can separate us, right? No one, no one, okay? Nothing, no one, you will see. Nothing in this universe has the power to diminish His love towards us. Troubles, pressures, Ah, okay. All these words are very familiar to every one of us, right? If you have never experienced a trouble or pressure or problem, you are still uh, Samuel's age. <laughs> okay, right. So if you are above that, all right, even when you are two years old, you also got pressure already. Mommy start pressuring you. <laughs> don't break this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Oh, okay. Two years old, so start. Three years old, so start pressuring, pressure already, right? So, in this world, Jesus says there will be tribulation, there will be some problems, there will be some pressures, okay? Trouble. But all this trouble that we go through, okay, some are our own fault. Remember that the, the last few lessons, right? Whether our own fault or his fault or, or, or somebody's one, right? God is so good, he can turn around everything, right? That's because he loved you like that, right? are unable to come between us and heaven's love. Our own mistake, all right, all those pressures from outside. Paul experienced more than every believer. He says, within the church, already got a lot of pressure. And then after that, outside, as he preached the gospel, also God, you know, but he triumphed. God delivered him out of all. God delivered him out of all. There's nobody in the Bible who is a man or woman of God who never go through troubles, tribulation, pressure, all right? This is not the gospel, okay? If you say gospel is just, you know, you just sit down and enjoy. I mean, no, no trouble, come on. There's no persecution. There's no problem, one. I don't know what gospel is there. Definitely, it's not the gospel in the Bible, right? You receive Jesus and then that's it. <laughs> you are set. That one, you just need to kill the person, go heaven, that's it, okay? But if you still stay on on this earth, there will be troubles. But what God say is that, right? That in the midst of all this, you will never be separated from his love, okay? Which is powerful. His love is conquering. His love is beyond everything else, all right? So in the midst of the trouble, we will see in the valley of Baca, right? In the valley of trouble, what do we see? We see God. We see his provision. We see his protection, you know, we become the light 
in the world of darkness. Okay, so nothing, you, you need to know this, all right, that no matter what you go through in this life, okay, but relationship problem, whatever problem, okay, you, Jesus will never leave you. He will never, never be able to come in the persecution, cannot separate. You see, the more the church was persecuted, right, the more the gospel spread, which means that, you know, the, no wedge can come in between, no human being. You know, Paul tried to persecute the church, he got converted. If someone persecute you, preach the gospel to that person, convert him, become another Paul, right? Okay, so this is the power of our God, right? The love of God, okay, that will never let anything separate you from him. So be, later on, you will see, the, the, if you believe this, right, and you take it as personally God's word for you, what's going to happen in your life? Okay, what about persecutions? Oh, I already said it already. Deprivations, dangers, death threat. I think none of you have gone through death threat yet. You won't really go through death threat until you serve the Lord in the ministry. Okay, so if you have not gone through a death threat, <laughs> not yet. Okay, so I've gone through death threat in the ministry. I told you before, right? Yeah, because I ministered to this wife of a husband. I think he's a gangster or something, you know, and uh, a taiko. And he was not happy that the wife suddenly, you know, convert and then coming to church. <laughs> you know, he didn't like it at all. And after a while, he began to threaten our lives, right? And then with phone calls, with action, all right, throwing acid while we were having meeting uh, the time in Subang, I think, in the upstairs, right? I don't know, forgot which floor. Then by the time we come down, all right, the car was, uh, they got people throw acid on the car you know, to go for it, you know. That is, and then in my office, yeah, I work, okay? Oh, <laughs> I always tell you I work like your work, okay? So in the office, they come, the husband, came, the phone calls came in, doesn't know someone, when my staff passed the call to me, then I will just hear some, you know, but it was during that time of this incident, and finally he appeared in my office, shouting and everything and threatening, you know, and when I go out, when I walk out of my office, I have to just, you know, the tendency, Look here, look there, but I just need to trust God that He will keep me safe. All right. And then after that, you know, of course, later on, other types of uh, death threat, which is not my problem, but because of my wrong decision, I got into that problem and became more threats in my life and my family's life as well. So when you serve the Lord, all right, there will be death threats. But how do we not fear all this? Because of this thing, of this promise of God that he will never leave us. His love is there. His protection is there. Danger? Have you been in a place you risk your life? When you go to mission, you are in danger, okay? <laughs> you go to the They have this tutut, huh? and on the motorbike, they go down the road, you know, like uh, as if there is, there's no break like that one. And you sit there, you hold on for 
for your life. <laughs> okay. It's not those nice trips you stay in a hotel and then you take an aircon van, aircon car. Okay, this one, you go on those motors, you go on those, uh, you know, I forgot the name already, you know, these uh, Philippines and, uh, you know, where they have still this type of uh, transportation. It's super scary. You sit there, you, you, you know, they're they are going so fast. You don't know whether your life, you will live or not. And there's no seatbelt, okay? <laughs> there is no seatbelt. You just need to trust, you know, you're serving God. You're going to preach the gospel. Your life in, is in his hands. And he protect. Nothing happened. <laughs> no accident, okay? Just able to reach and then you're in the boat you know where you're going to a certain island and then the, the, the thing is it's not like those modern ones it can overturn anytime <laughs> and then i don't know how to swim okay so can you imagine the dangers all right that when you decide to serve the lord right and uh, preach the gospel right these are things that you will encounter but what keeps the, the, the men and women to keep on still go out and preach the gospel, right? And knowing his omnipotent love, that all these things cannot separate us from God's love, right? He is still there. He's there protecting us, taking care. The angels are there watching over us, yeah? No, for they are all important to hinder omnipotent love, all powerful love, all knowing love. God knows everything that we go through, especially when you, you are his servant. Huh? You've got special angels for his ministers, bigger ones, <laughs> okay? high-ranking angels. Right, it's in the Bible. I think I read it these few days, you know, that God sends uh, different angels to his, uh, the, the, the servants of God, okay? Depending on where you're, you know, what you're, we are doing to serve him. Paul says when he is out there preaching the gospel, he is like, you know, when you've seen a war show, he's like in the front line. And then the enemy can just shoot. Isn't it? You see war show or not? <laughs> okay, so don't tell me you never see. Okay, so what? Those in the front, okay, they are very susceptible to being killed. And the, in fact, the enemy tried to kill no point kill the soldier. He <laughs> killed the, 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 the general first, then no more already. Right? That's why the Bible says, kill the shepherd and the sheep are dispersed. But thank God, you know, in, in God's kingdom, all right, in this realm, all right, never, all right, the God will gather back and empower the sheep. Right? Even a lost a shepherd, yeah, can come back together, right? Because Jesus is that wonderful shepherd. He never deserted us, right? So, count me the privilege. I still survive, right? <laughs> you look at me, so, uh, so, so not, I'm not tough like most of you in the physical. I survived all that. <laughs> Is it, you know, normally you say, if you're tough, you're strong. Yeah, you can survive the storm. You can survive the, you know, the difficulty. Yeah, that, that you go through. But I'm not in the natural, in the physical, not. But thank God. All right, I have a God, <laughs> okay, that is powerful, that is great. He don't need to meet me to have physical muscles. Okay, there's nothing wrong with having physical muscles, right? But he don't need any one of you to have the anything power in the physical. 
because it's not by our physical might, it's by Him. It's your spirit man knowing your great God. Right? It's the God of Stephanie. It's the God of Joan, Robert, all of you, Ching Lan. Okay? Right? It's not you. That's why when we are in our own strength, the self-made man, the self-made woman, it's very hard for God to use you until God breaks all that is from self. One of the things for service, we will go probably into the next session, is brokenness. Okay, maybe Grace never teach you that. Because Grace, what you'll be hearing doesn't prepare you for service. It's just all about your life. Okay, but God is preparing today his army as well. Besides, you know, knowing how blessed we are, right? He's preparing us to serve him. Right, to be the soldiers. Is it in the in the word of God, the word soldier? Generals, army, even more kahil or kahil in the old testament is army, forces. You see, because there is still a Satan there, there are still demons out there. There's still souls, as long as there are souls that are not saved, there's still darkness, there's still devil's work. Right? But it is the new creation, you and me, who through our Lord Jesus. Are going to snatch these people out of the jaws of the lion, the bear, out of the out of hell. Someone may be just dying, going to hell. You there go and preach the gospel. You're snatching by God, right? By the Holy through the Holy Spirit, you're snatching that person out of hell, you know. An unbeliever at the deathbed. Okay, or in a scene of accident, not yet die. It's very scary, right? But this is the truth. This is the spiritual realm that we don't see, right? If you are there, someone is going to die, haven't received Jesus. You know what actually happened? You snatched that person out of hell. Out of hell. So even if he, he still dies, doesn't matter because he just go into heaven or the, you know, the spiritual realm, eternal home with Jesus. Just like Uncle T's our brother, right? Yeah, even he went to be with the Lord. But the most beautiful thing is that he received Jesus before he went, right? We snatched him out of the, out of, from hell. He was about to go to hell. That is a person who is deaf, on the deathbed. And there are more who are living dead without Jesus. They are all going to hell. And the, what you did for them is you snatched them out of hell. Wow, you like this kind of job, you know. Reha Pongke loves it. <laughs> Empty hell and populate heaven. Okay, don't just clap hands. Go and do it. <laughs> yeah, go and enjoy this, this wonderful uh, work of getting, snatching people out of hell. That's why heaven rejoice for even one soul. Yeah, it's so beautiful, right? To know that you will, that person, you will probably see them, you may not even know their name, okay? But in heaven, they are there when you go there. And they said, you remember that time you shared the gospel to me? I was going to die, I was going to hell. And I told you an incident, right? When one time, this was years ago, praying for someone, praying for someone, uh, they brought him, this guy who is uh, 
he's a he's a he's a, a, a Chinese Christian also, named nominal right by name, and then uh, his wife told us that the husband has been having this uh, blackouts, as in you know suddenly blank, the whole mind will go blank at the time when they, uh, the the Muslims pray the five times prayer. Each time they, there's a prayer, you know, they, they pray five times. He's a, he's a corporate man, okay? And he, he will just go blank. If he's in a meeting, he will just go blank. And knew, knew that he needed help, okay? Because his colleagues were sending him those verses of the Quran and they were praying, you know, for him to be converted. So in the end, the wife took him uh, to our church and well, I was there, it was at night. So there was his wife there and also my, uh, there was an assistant pastor there. My, she's, a, she's a nurse, okay? And then we prayed for this guy. Immediately, he fell, okay? He fell uh, under the anointing and the power of God. And then what happened is he began to turn blue. You know, and the, the my assistant pastor, who is a nurse, saw that you know his eyes is like going up, and then it's like he's going to die. And then he, they keep rubbing his feet; they thought he's going to die because his whole body was like turning blue. Of course, I don't know. I just pray, and then quite soft some more. So that time, pray, 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 pray. I don't, I, I don't know how long, maybe twenty minutes, and then he said, then he got up. You know, and then you can feel warm, right? She, she told us because she, she was feeling his body, the, the, the nurse. Then, and then I said, what happened to you? And she said that during the time while prayer, praying over him, he actually went to hell. It's like he died, you know, or was in, going to die. And he was taken into hell. And, but whilst in between there, the Lord appeared, Jesus appeared. And hold his hand, pull his hand out of hell. That was the time when he woke up. And he said, you know, Jesus is so real. You know, the, the, the devil tried to kill him, but God saved him. See, you can be someone to save someone's life. If you will just... Either preach, speak, pray, or do something for someone. All right? Because all the power is inside you as his sons and daughters. See, as the, for him, Apostle Paul and all the apostles, he said, all day long, all day long, that is what I have chosen. <laughs> My destiny, okay? When I choose to serve the Lord, I, I choose myself to, to put myself in the front line. Where and what do they face? Okay, they face what? All day long death threats. Right? If you choose, Pastor Cheng Lan, to obey that calling that God has upon your life, yeah, what are you doing? In the spiritual realm, you are putting yourself for. To be, you know, to be a target. But why do we do it? Paul says, 
all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. It's for him. He died. What is a death threat? What is this life on this earth? We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Right? He knew. Paul, apostles, all those who go out and preach the gospel, they know. The moment they go out into devil's territory, they can be a target. Okay? Because you're no longer on the defensive. You are on the offensive. Snatching people out of hell. And are we willing to do that for the one that we say we love so much? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Brother Robert Lowe, for shaking the head. <laughs> Amen. So be it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it'll be are considered as nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. He was prepared for whatever comes, even to death. Doesn't matter. Okay. Because they know that there is much more there in heaven. God has very prepared. In the midst of all these things, we triumph over all. Okay. In the midst of troubles, death threats, or you know, serving the Lord, whatever that comes against may come against you. What do we have? What is why are Paul and all the apostles and all the men and women of God through all the ages, right? Smith, because all whoever, Rehab Bonke, how many death threats he got? Go and read his book. You only see the nice one, you know, seven million people say, <laughs> one million people say, you only see the video, right? Wow, give them life to Jesus. Read his book. And you will see his life exactly like the apostle's life. Whether in a small, you know, whether in a small way or big way, okay? Maybe I only have a few death threats, right? But those bigger way have more, but it's the same. <laughs> in this world, everything is the same, right? But he said, in the midst of all this, in the middle of all these things. So we are in this world, but not of this world. That means we are still in the middle in this world for a reason. God put you here in this world. He didn't decide the cult, right? They will go away to the mountain. They will go somewhere and then they create one group of church, so-called believers. And then they wait for Jesus to come. It's not like that, okay? The real gospel is we are in this world. God put you in the world, in your job, in your whatever you are doing. Okay, but inside there, all right, he, he says what? In midst of all the... <clears throat> of all, all these troubles, tribulations, problems, whatever they are, we triumph, all right? Triumph means you have the, you overcome, you have the victory. Over them, one? No, over them all. Four. Four. The reason being, not because I can... You know, a fast shooter. I kill them before they kill me. No. Because God has made us to be more than conquerors. Okay? So that's why we need to know who our God is. All right? And all the teaching is for you to know how great is your God. The God of Jonah, the God of Abraham, they are all great. These men are great because of their God is great. So it's, it's, it's good time now for people to know about your God, <laughs> okay? Who is your God? Who is the God of Job? I always say because they are on the left of my, so the rest don't feel that, you know, I didn't mention your name, okay? They are on the, my left-hand side <laughs> in, this, uh, in this computer. So easy, okay? So, my eyes cannot turn 
read all the time everywhere. Okay, so so don't feel that you know I, I only talk about June and Robert. Okay, every one of you also in. Okay, but they are on my left. Very easy. Okay, so in the midst of all these things, so God has made us to be more than conquerors. Okay. God is the same God. The God of Abraham is the same God of the God of Jacob. It's the same God of the God of Isaac. It's the same God of the God of Smith Wigglesworth. It's the same God as the God of Paul. It's the same God because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and. <laughs> okay. So if God is so powerful, the God of Moses, God is so powerful, Paul, God is so powerful, all right? In Jonah, in all these men and women, Elijah, Elisha, who else? King David, so many, okay? And all the disciples and all the 12 apostles. Then you think when he become your God, then suddenly become shrink, become the mini one. <laughs> Did he shrink or we shrink him? <laughs> you know, there's something like right? so smaller. No, he is big. Okay, he's the same. Same God, and He tells us, okay, God of uh, uh, Evelyn Go, Evelyn Zoe, all right, that your God, all right, has made you, okay, more than a conqueror. Okay, the conqueror is the one who wins, all right, who is the champion. Now you are more than a champion. You are more than a champion. All right, his demonstrated love that means you can overcome because of him in you. All right, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Every situation the devil throws at you, you just point it to the cross. All right, how we overcome through his demonstrated love. Where did God Jesus demonstrate his love on the cross? On the cross, right? So True and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. God demonstrated his love by giving Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross is our victory over why? Over all the situation, the death threats, the troubles. Why? Because I'm already alive. There's nothing to kill anymore. You kill, you just kill my body. That's the last thing, right? Because of Jesus, God's demonstrated love, because of Jesus' death on the cross, I already have been born again. I'm no longer going to hell. So that is the worst thing to happen to a person, right? To have to go to hell. And that already settled by God demonstrating his love. So what else can be worse than going to hell? Than losing my soul? Nothing else. So, we overcome. If anything, you can tell the devil, hey, you give me a problem. Look at Jesus' love has overcome. I'm now more than a conqueror. There's nothing you can do. But I will win over you in this situation, whatever situation, because of the love of God demonstrated at the cross. There is nothing else. He can throw this, throw you, throw, throw whatever. It's not going to pull me down. It's not going to put me into mood. All right. You have victory over what? One thing, two things, everything. And Holy Spirit is come here is to be a guarantee of that. To be more than a conqueror means to gain a surpassing victory 
That means there's no doubt about it. You just tell the stupid devil, all right? Hey, I remind you, right? 2,000 years ago, Jesus went into hell and defeated you. You want to defeat me? I'm another Jesus. Okay? Not exactly because we are Christians, just like Jesus, right? A new creation is born with his DNA. So we are all like Jesus on this earth. That's why we are sons and daughters of God. So if Jesus defeated the devil, and now Jesus is in our life, we cannot defeat the devil. <laughs> so if Jesus suddenly becomes weak, I said, are we having a mini God? No, it's the same one. All right, the surpassing victory. The devil, remember, you are defeated, you're under my feet. So don't stop throwing this sickness on me, this or whatever. All right, these problems, my God will solve for me. And I have the power inside me, the wisdom and ability as we continue to know his word. Okay, there's wisdom there also. To vanquish beyond is gain a decisive victory, more than conqueror. All right, it's decisive. It's done deal. You already defeated the devil already through Christ. Okay, so no you doubt about it. Don't, don't enter into, you know, it's decided, all right? So it's like, uh, it's not 50-50. It's 100 and zero. <laughs> okay, Jesus won the devil. You know, don't say 50-50, maybe 50 Jesus win, 50 the devil win. No, it's a decisive victory throughout the whole universe, the whole world, the whole spiritual world. They know who is the conqueror. Only believers don't know. <laughs> you must do this, right, to make us all wake up a bit. Okay, so the, the devil knows who, who Jesus is. Is it right? When, when, uh, who was it? Uh? The, 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 the unbeliever, the sorcerer, right, tried to cast out the devil. Jesus said what? Who are you? Jesus, I know. See, he knows Paul also. Okay? Because Paul is not scared, right? Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? <laughs> so don't try to cast out the devil without this knowledge that you have already a surpassing victory as the righteousness of God. This is what it means also, all right? That you have got the victory over the devil over anything that he can throw on you, trials, tribulations, persecutions, whatever. The most is die a mother's death, that's all. Because your, his life, you, your life, he cannot take anymore. Your spirit already belongs to Jesus. It's a decisive victory. It's already decided, okay, in the kingdom of God, in heaven's court that you are the winner, not the loser, because of Jesus. So now I live, knowing this, knowing this, I live with the confidence. So as a Christian, as a believer, if you have no confidence, that means you still don't know this. Okay? If you know this, that God is for you, no condemnation, right? There's a new law in operation. The Holy Spirit is inside you and upon you. You can be led by the Holy Spirit. So many things, right? God is for you, not against you. These are not general knowledge or Bible knowledge. <laughs> okay. okay, please don't take this as Bible knowledge. Okay, This is the living word of God. This is who God is. What he says, that is who he is. 
that nothing is it then you have this confidence who is your god right you have a lot of confidence if you know your daddy is the prime minister or what right <laughs> why in the natural we have the confidence because of a natural human being who can today you can see tomorrow maybe die already. but our god is eternal and we still don't have this confidence and paul says i have so i live with confidence that there's nothing in this universe with the power to separate us from god's love okay i live with the confidence this confidence that there's nothing in this universe with the power to separate us from god's love when you go through a situation that looks terrible okay remember this scripture I live with a confidence that this situation cannot separate me from God's love. This man cannot separate me from God's love. This problem cannot separate me from God's love. Has no power. And what's God's love? God's love is for you, not against you. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death. Life's triumph over death. Okay? So death has no more. Death has lost its sting. If you're still scared of death, then then go through the sermon again. <laughs> okay. Go read the word again, okay? If you're still, all right, because death, 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 and you say that you're not scared of death. Let, let me test. <laughs> you got no money? Scared or not? <laughs> scared, right? Scared of death, okay? Yeah. So that's where. We don't, you know, we only think death is just like, you know, uh, accident happened, then you die. No, we live in continuous on this earth, unnecessarily living in fear. Actually, the end is the fear of death. Okay, but today, all right, God tell us in his word, we don't have to fear anything. And I'll show you, okay, it is fearless. The word is fearless. Actually, this is what the Holy Spirit gave me this word this morning. Actually, I forgot already. Now, I remember. We are fearless, not fearful. <laughs> the world, in this world, they are defined by the word fearful. A lot of believers are still in the fearful mode, full of fear. God's people are fearless. Less fear, no fear. If we can come to that place, okay. As long as it less fear, also good idea. <laughs> Progressing, okay. Rather than, uh, you know, fearful. Okay, David was fearless. In fact, no fear at all, because he knew he has confidence in his God. And so many others. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over their life's troubles. Fallen angels. Dark rulers in the heavens. So whether it is, you know, look like natural problems or spiritual, right? It, it, Jesus has already triumphed and his love is my confidence that I will also triumph. In fact, more than conqueror. Because Jesus is a conqueror. He made us more. We didn't do anything to conquer the devil. He did it. He just gave us the trophy. There is nothing, again, in this present, in our present, or this is the TPT version, in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love or that will separate us, right? Nothing. Nothing in this present. So whatever is happening to you now, 
in this present world and whatever circumstances that may happen in the future, whether it's uh, death, trouble or what. If it's a testing, yeah, if there's no test, there's no testimony. <laughs> so sometimes the testimony comes from the test, right? And you triumph over that test, huh? Evelyn Go, right? God gave you the triumph, the victory over that test for a while. Your faith has to be tested. You see, there's the word of God need to be tried. Otherwise, it will not be yours. Okay, you'll be meditating and then it's come here and then fly off. But when it's tested, it's like gold and silver, refining fire. The word of God is being tested in your life. All right? And whatever word that you have, okay, a promise of blessing, a promise of health and healing. Sometimes the test comes. You say, oh, you want to take that promise by stripes, I'm healed. And then you feel your body got all kinds of pain. That's a test. Test of faith. All right? And when you go through that test and you become more than confident, what happened? You, that verse is yours already. Five stripes, I am healed. <laughs> okay? No one can, the devil cannot snatch that word out of you. From you, you already tested, has become a testimony. Okay? I'm convinced that his love will triumph over everything, whether present or future. Are you afraid of what's going to happen next? Nothing can weaken his love for you. All right, stand on the promise. You see, when the devil tempted Jesus, all right, in the 40 days and 40 nights, how did he overcome the devil? Don't let this be just a story. Let it be real in your life. How did Jesus overcome the devil? And the devil ran, not he. How? What did Jesus say? Okay, this one better be very clear because after that, next week I ask you, then you all look at me blank again. <laughs> what did Jesus say? That the devil, one, two, three, and then he has to run. He said, it is written. And the devil used what? To, to tempt Jesus. Use back the word of God. So if you don't know the word of God, hey, the devil knows, you know, your enemy knows the word of God. You have an enemy who knows God's word. And you don't know God's word. Is that so scary? If you want to be scared, this is what you need to be scared. <laughs> okay. So what the devil said, if you are the son of God, turn this bread, uh, this stone into bread. And what did Jesus say? Oh, yes, I can read Robert Lowe. <laughs> he said, but man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not every word that is just in the Bible closed and then at your uh, uh, table or the bedside. The proceeds from the mouth of God, that means that proceeds from your mouth as well. Okay? So, and then number two, number three, okay? The three, three. That's the him. Everyone, Jesus encountered it with God's word. So when you're feeling, you know, the fear or the temptation comes and or the problem, how are you going to overcome? Use God's word. Use his word. Speak his word. But you cannot speak a word that you don't even know exists. <laughs> okay. You say, I think Pastor Stephanie said like this. <laughs> no, you must have that word also in your own heart. 
All right, that's why meditation, the different ways of studying the Bible. You can read, all right, you can meditate, you can confess, they're all different. Okay? I think I thought a little bit in the Foundation 01. And for those who are here longer with me, I thought many, many times already <laughs> about how to meditate and eat the word. <laughs> and then if you're not eating, I don't know what to do. Okay, so, right? It has to be inside you until you believe it. Do you believe the word? It's always words. The word of the devil against God's word. But if you don't know God's word, you will just ping sun, you know, or panic under the devil's word. But if you know God's word, just like David and all the others, you're not scared. The devil say this, you say what God say. And that is done. Finished. It is finished. Because Jesus is the word, right? The living word. When the devil throws, remember, you just throw back God's word at him. No power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in this universe that can distance us from God's passionate love. Right? You have to understand social distancing now already, right? You have to keep one meter apart. Never before in this world, uh, in these two years, did you understand what is uh, social distancing? <laughs> right? You know, the dog also must be one meter apart. People buy food also one meter apart. But God said in his word, he is never one meter apart from us. Nothing can distance us, separate us from his love. Okay? No separation. I just put it short as a title. It's separating from his love. His love is so powerful. You know, the love of a mother and a father in this world is so powerful, right? The mother who loved, uh, what we hear on and off, you know, the, the, the child under the car and the mother can lift up the, the car <laughs> with her bare hands. That is the natural mother's love. Already has so much power and energy. Have you read that before? Yeah, right? Yeah, it's real one, okay? <laughs> I don't tell you fake story. <laughs> so in the natural, this is already impossibly possible if there is that kind of love. So strong love can do anything especially in a mother's love. So what more about God's love that he already gave his son? Is there anything that he won't do and even more that he cannot do? He don't have the power to do? He don't have the power to save you? Impossible. All right? That's why we need to see God in his greatness, in his willingness. He not only has the power, he wants to heal you. One uh, uh, who came to Jesus and said, uh, is there a leper or, or person blind? Forgot which, which, what, what condition he has. He said, if you, if you are willing, heal me. And Jesus said, I am willing. Right? Some people think God don't want to heal you for some reason. You get rid of that thought. God wants to heal you. God wants to save you. God wants to bless you. Right? Because he loves you with this kind of love. And he has the power. All right, it's lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Separate means what? To place room between. Okay, so you know what is separate, right? That is, you know, when you're angry with the person, right? You don't sit very close, right? <laughs> you make sure there's a, a space that separates you because you're very angry with the color, okay? Whether it's your loved one or friend or whatever. 
correct or not? Then when you're pally pally, you see very close. <laughs> okay, uh, no more friend, then we see very far, right? There's a space in between that is called separate. And the space line between two places or limit. This is, no, no, don't come nearer, huh? that's all. But when in danger, how is he going to save you? All right, so just now you saw the picture, right? The skydiver and the person. There's no space in between. You cannot say, I don't want uh, to stick to you. <laughs> Can you drop me a little bit further? Then you are at risk, okay? Because that person there, he, he's the expert, all right? He's the expert skydiver and he has to tie you very strongly around his body so that you cannot drop. And even himself has a, a string up there, right? He's God. Okay? So, I mean, Jesus is our God, right? He will not, you are tied to him. That is even more further, we are one with him. Okay? But this will help us to at least understand that nothing can separate us from his love. There's no space there. That, you know, last minute, you know, you're angry with God, then you think there's a space. <laughs> yeah, these are all the lies of the devil, right? When you were under law, yeah, when you're doing confess your sin, ah, you lost your relationship with God. Your relationship is broken. Not true. He's still there, still holding you. That's his called grace, undeserved favor and the mercy of God. Even when you are sulking, okay, uh, like Jonah, God is still there. You know, God is still teaching him, still nicely, patiently talking to him. Elijah also. <laughs> yeah, all the men of the world, no matter when we are we're not perfect yet, as in, you know, until we have the new body, right? So there will be times when we are a bit down, when, you know, and all that, but not make it everyday thing. Huh? <laughs> okay, so at certain times when we are like that, God don't come and wreck you, all right? He, his love is still there holding you, right? Loving you, protecting you, teaching you that he loves you, teaching you how to feel like he feels. That's his goodness. No? He don't straight away take the rod and then wreck you, although we deserve it. <laughs> so what is this no separation for? You know, okay, so we know, right, that you, Okay, under D, God will never separate himself from you. He loves you too much. Okay, so knowing this truth of no separation, what are you going to do with it? Okay, I actually shared a little bit of it earlier. First, it's for overcoming life's challenges. All right, we just read all the scriptures, life, death, track, and all that. So this, only one picture I can find. All right, is the tightrope, the person who walked through tightrope. And... There is someone he's carrying on top. There's a more than conqueror. Okay. Then we normally you, you most tightrope people, all right, they themselves can, you know what's tightrope, right? Beneath you drop down, you die. <laughs> okay. In the circus, you see this one is a tightrope over a river, even more scary. All right. So that guy, normally in all the pictures that I look, there's only one person. Very hard to find. Uh, a person who carry another person across a tightrope because it's like a burden, you know, because he has to balance to be able to walk across. This is like Jesus, all right? With us, in no matter what challenges, what problems, what persecution, whatever, 
you know, like death, death threat, death and life situation that we go into in this world, in the midst. Okay? That is like very scary, you know. You drop, you die. Jesus is the only one who has conquered, who can walk through the whole situation because it, if I have overcome, you shall overcome, right? So our overcomer, the type road walker is Jesus. And he don't even need you to walk. He carry you on his shoulder. And that is the, the, the confidence and the assurance that we will make it. Because, but also that one takes faith, right? If this type rope in real, in real life asks you to go on his shoulder, <laughs> you want to go or not? <laughs> Most nobody here in their same mind, right, will say, I volunteer. <laughs> right? Because you look at it, wow. If, you know, he alone maybe clap the hand. But me is another 40, 40 kg, 50 kg. The chances and the risks are high that he might drop me or both of us drop into the sea. Sometimes that's how we think that God, like that, right? Because said, you trust me, I'll take you across. Climb on my shoulder, rest in me. That's what rest is all about. Rest not when everything is fine. The rest in him, the supernatural rest, is when there are situations that are troubling, there are persecutions. All right, why Paul and Silas can sing and praise God in the prison? All of us will be praying for escape. <laughs> they didn't pray for escape. They just prayed, you know, and then the jailer got saved. Why is so restful inside him in the midst of all the troubles of persecution? Right? Because he knows that Jesus is in charge. He is the one walking the tightrope and we are his. Paul uh, uh, are just on his shoulder. We are the sheep that he carry over his shoulder. He just rest. And it's up to us to take that step of faith. Okay? Where either you trust Jesus to take you through the situation and more than a conqueror and reach the end, reach the victory, the manifestation of the victory, you're already victorious. Okay? We start from victory and then we see the uh, manifestation of the victory. Okay? You don't wait for the manifestation first. There's no faith there. Okay, So remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's the only thing he requires of us. Faith. Grace, he already extended to us. Faith is for us to move on, to live this life. Okay? So if God tells you, he is, you are more than overcomer. He has already overcome. Okay? The verses here. Nothing can separate you from his love. There is a response that a believer need to do also. Do I believe it or do I not? If you believe it, you take it, then you go on the shoulder of Jesus. You rest. If you worry, it's, I don't believe this. You understand? Yeah? Yeah. If you're still worried with the problem, that means I, I'm not going to cross this uh, <laughs> tightrope <laughs> on Jesus. Okay? All right? So, on our part, there's the word of God always have a, you know, speak to us. It's like a double-edged sword. It will always have, need us to respond. If you take the word of God as some nice information, it's not going to do anything in your life. 
you will not see any supernatural manifestation of anything. Okay, but you want to walk in the supernatural and live that life of pleasure, living in the spirit and see the manifestation of God's word, miracles. That's a miracle, right? Then you need to have faith and act upon that word that he tells you in the particular situation. And remember, step number one is, <laughs> although I don't like steps, is to hear, to be able to know how God works, how God thinks in everything in life. What is his mind on this case, on this situation? All right, so knowing that his love, he loves us and no separation helps us to overcome life's challenges when we decide to take that word and act upon it. Okay, so what are life's challenges? All right, Main, mainly, okay, there, there can be many more, but I put into three categories. Fear of lack, isn't it? Fear of lack. Everyone is so scared that not enough money, that might lose my job, lose the business. And then in the future, how? Just now we read, right? Future circumstances, future my children, how? You know? Your, your children never grow old one. As in, in a mother's heart, they're always a young child, right? <laughs> so you're always thinking, you know. Now, this is man's way of thinking how to provide for their family. You know, God, what does God word, God's word say? He says, I will take care of you. I will take care of your children. I didn't give you the promise. Otherwise, we will talk forever, right? So you can go and find the verses for yourself. Fear of lack. And this morning, you know, yesterday was uh, the Holy Spirit. First time, actually, he gave me that revelation. Save lives and not save money. I never thought of it before. <laughs> That's why I love Daniel Fast. More and more revelation he will give. That will set people free, not to condemn anyone. Right? Because nowhere in the Bible, it says that save your money. Nowhere. You go and find a scripture and tell me. As a wisdom of God. What to do with our money? You know, when we save money, we put it in the bank, right? Most of the time. And then we get interest. <laughs> interest rate, fixed deposit rate. <laughs> and this morning, the Holy Spirit just told me, when we give, because God's way is about giving, right? When the tithe we give, as, as the Spirit, uh, according to His word, we are actually saving money in heaven's bank. Nobody agree. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Isn't it? Because we are, when you sow, when you give, you are giving into the spiritual realm. When you give to a person or, you know, to any ministry or minister or tithing and all that, right? You are, in, it's a spiritual act, okay? Because God don't need our money. If it's a physical, uh, if God needs our money, then it becomes a physical act. It's a spiritual act, all right? Uh, it's a principle or uh, the way God works in his divine uh, kingdom of prosperity, right? Where you sow, okay? That's why it took in the, in the uh, Bible, you have even first fruits, all right, and all that, okay? So that is God's way of blessing. So it is when you put 
your, your money into all this, it's putting into heaven's bank. And what kind of interest? <laughs> 34, 64, That's what Jesus said. Much higher than the whatever bank. <laughs> yeah. I just, it just came this morning, okay? This one. I, I didn't purposely want to share this with you. That revelation just came. Yeah. That's why Jesus talked about 34, 64, And as you sow, you will reap much more abundantly beyond. Okay? Because heaven pays generously. <laughs> Heaven's bank. Different from our bank. Okay? You, you, little bit, you get a little bit. That's all. Sometimes the bank also close, right? In the pandemic. <laughs> and then your money don't know go where. <laughs> so heaven's bank will not close. That's why I say, I will open the window when you try and offer. God open the windows of heaven and pour out. <laughs> okay? Which, what are windows? The banks in heaven are being opened. All right? To give you your interest, which is, cannot match. The, the, the world bank cannot match heaven's bank. All right? You go and search the Bible. All right? Everything. God's kingdom principle is this. Invest. Invest what? Invest in eternity. Okay? And you get the interest rate from heaven, which is, you cannot, 34, 64, and much more, 1,004. Fear of lack. So this is a challenge. Yeah? And in our life. And Jesus said very clearly, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve, you can uh, be a Christian, you can be blessed and everything. But when it comes to service, there are two things, there are two gods there. You choose. Is it God or mammon? All right, that's in Matthew 3. That's why uh, Matthew 6. If you follow there, it talks about uh, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. If we put not in a law way, all right, but we know how much he loves us, all right, through the grace. Then we say, Lord, I love you back. And then after that, I want to serve you, God. Then there's one thing that comes against that serving God, the fear of lack. Okay, because money is life when we are living on this earth. Okay, food, eat, all right, without food, die, right? <laughs> so many people are scared, but no food to eat. That means no money. Right? So, but God said you have to choose. You want to serve me or money. You give up one for the other to, to be able to fully serve him. I'm not saying that, you know, you don't do the, the things that you do and all that. To preach the gospel, all right, is to be able to preach every aspect of God in the Bible without doubt. That's why those ministers, evangelists, prophets, pastors, whatever, okay, they need to be tested. God needs to test them in the area of money. You will never see an evangelist, whether it's from Bible time or, or uh, you know, in our time or in the 1900s or, you know, who have a lot of money and then only go and serve the Lord or go and preach the gospel, put it this way, better. No, all of them were tested in the area of money. Okay, where they were, they gave more than 10%, they gave their life. That means money don't matter anymore. And they saw the interest rate from heaven. God take care of them. If they need any money for doing any mission, any purpose, build whatever for their own lives, for their family. The one they serve, who is God provided. 
It's very interesting. <laughs> it's real. Right? Robert Lowe, if you want to serve the Lord, he tells you, <laughs> don't need to worry about money. Okay? Yeah. I see. He draws your heart. He said, no, I, I cannot ask. And, and, then, and then say, okay, you have to serve the Lord, right? It's a call that you yourself, God will touch your heart and speak to you. And the one thing is he says, don't worry about money. I will take care of your life. I will take care of your children. I will take care of everything that surrounds the servant. And all the men and women of God went out without a single cent or maybe just a few dollars in their pocket and they saw how to preach the gospel if you cannot see that God provides. Before they become fishers of men, Jesus told them, you know, he showed them that, you know, the miracle that Jesus did that when they obey him, all right, they saw the miraculous catch. Then Jesus said, now, from now on, you don't catch fish, you will catch men and they got no fear. You know, because they left their income. <laughs> their income is from catching fish, their work. All right. But when God called them, he showed, Jesus showed to them that he can take care of them financially. And they left without any worries. They just follow who? Not follow. They left their job. They left their nets, their fishing boat. And they followed Jesus. And from that day, Jesus supplied all their needs and took care. Even to pay tax, okay? Open the mouth of the fish. Remember, God can order the fish. So, this is an area in service, all right? From after we reach the end of Romans, uh, at the end, okay? We can choose to serve the Lord or just continue on normal, normal life. But when he tells us that this is such a wonderful life, he equip us with so many wonderful things, no condemnation, Holy Spirit, power, everything. And then after that, nothing will separate us from his love. Okay? There is no more this fear. All right? Of, uh, of lack in one of life's challenges. Because if you have this fear, it's very hard to serve the Lord. It's very hard to go and preach the gospel. Because you cannot, you, in this area, you didn't see how God provided for you and took care of your life. You can't, if God, you know, people want to hear Holy Spirit, I shared before, right? Very easy. Ask him how much he wants you to give. <laughs> he should speak to you one because God is a giver. Okay? And the, the way of, of being blessed is to give. So he will speak to you one. And then don't say, Satan, get behind me. <laughs> if he give you a, an amount that is, wow, so scary. God, don't want, don't want. Then you, you take the, buy the next ticket, go back home. Okay? Because how? The whole serving the Lord is a life of faith. Faith is believing Him, not your own ability, not your job or what to, to take care of you. Yeah? It is Him who is going to take care of you when you serve Him. Right? He is your master. That's the word Lord means what? We call Him Lord Jesus means He is my master. He has the final say in my life. He gives me the instructions for life. Not men, not people, not my boss, not my business partner or whatever. Later on, there was another revelation so beautiful. Okay, fear of men. All right, fear of men. 
Are you scared of men? <laughs> Don't say no. <laughs> we did not even talk to someone about Jesus. You're not scared. Ah? <laughs> we look at the person. Don't wanna, don't wanna, don't wanna. Ask the Joan Gola. Right? The fear of man is horrific, you know, and that's why God keeps saying, giving us the scriptures. All right, that. God is for you, not against me. Who is man that we are afraid of them? Your, your mother-in-law, your sister-in-law, brother-in-law say something, you just quit everything. That's a fear of man. Your boss don't allow you. Okay, finish story, close shop. We fear, why do we fear the boss or the the the, the, whoever, you know, it's because we fear you don't listen to them and the end of the month, no salary. So who is your God still? It's the money, right? If God is your God, I mean, if they're asking you to do something, right, that you, you want to serve the Lord, you want to, you know, do something or whatever, you know, that is spiritual and they say, no, okay, Sunday cannot. You have to work for them. And then you say, my God, Sunday, <laughs> it, it's my time for you. It's a fear of men? Of course. I, I tell you this also, it's go through. You have to go through some persecution there also. This is just an example. Okay? It, 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 my, my boss never dared to ask me to work on Sunday. And you know the world recognize your God? And thank God for this. I don't really, I don't know what I did. I didn't, to me, I think I just go there and work only, you know, and then uh, bring, save some souls. But the time when I wanted to leave the company, he, he knew that I'm a, a, a pastor's wife. Although I told you, we never even had one lunch, right? So for some, uh, somehow he know that. Okay, and then when I was about to leave, I said the reason I want to leave or resign from that job is because that this I don't have time to uh, do the ministry. Okay, and uh, I remember when on my first year or second year when I worked when I went in, I was already serving the Lord right, as a pastor, and my uh, one of my church members wanted to commit suicide. And as I'm working, how am I going to go, right? So I have no chance. Very scared one of this boss. It's not like a, your friendly boss. Huh? This one don't talk to you one, okay? You know, lawyers, super arrogant. But he's got a good heart, lah, I think. I believe so. Huh? <laughs> because he gave me increment on the years. Without even one word, I stopped with him. Then I went to him and I said, so-and-so, can I take half-day emergency leave? <laughs> Actually, it's very scary, my way. If you know him, he's very scared. One, everyone, you know, people cry before we enter the room. Okay, and then he asked me. He talked very few words. Why? Because you know, in a in a legal firm, everything is urgent. I said because my church member want to commit suicide. <laughs> so I think I don't know why I'm so. So I don't know, I don't know how to bluff, right? So I just tell exactly as it is. 
then he also don't know what to answer because probably no staff ever asked him, you know, like that. <laughs> so for this kind of reason to, to go on to, to take emergency, to take half day emergency. He just look at me. Okay, do the urgent go. <laughs> don't know what to say. Okay. So that was my first to first year. Then after that, fast forward 14 years later, when I wanted when I wanted to resign. You know what I said? I I I don't have time. You know to do ministry to counsel people and all that because the time that I work for you, I work for you. You know he said to me, he recognized my God. He said, "Okay, Miss Mom, you don't leave. I'll give you your direct line. You can do your counseling." <laughs> your hidden boss <laughs> say this kind of thing. Okay, Miss Mom, I give you direct line. You have a room. That I already have a room for myself. You, you know. And I'm not a lawyer. So the favor of God, right? He said, I give you direct line so that you can do your counseling on the direct line. Have you ever heard of such a thing? He asked me to serve my God, but stay in the office. Ah. <laughs> okay. And then uh, no, whatever else ah, he, he offered me as long as don't leave. But of course, I didn't take it ah, You know, at the end. Whatever he, he gave me. That's a long story. But what I'm saying is that the world will recognize your God. And he never dare, as I said, never dare to ask me to work on Sunday. That's my Lord, my God says. Even dare not ask me to stay back as long as I do my work, finish. Then they thought I got into partnership. This thing also was tested with my business partner when I opened the own firm. When it's in your own business, it's even harder, right? If the boss cannot lose you so he listen to you partner <laughs> partner can scold you right it's like it's your business you don't care so there was a day when the my business partner said okay miss mom i need you to attend to this meeting and it's a sunday and he is also a christian and he tells me how dare him right to you know skip my sunday service for this work for the clients. <laughs> if you ever hear this message, <laughs> he's still around. <laughs> okay. And I think I made him super angry. I said, no. I said, no. Just no. I'm not going to attend to the clients. Not on a Sunday. Any other day, can. Not on Sunday. Yes, I know that time is super angry with me. Super. <laughs> We didn't talk to each other for some time, <laughs> okay? But that's called not the fear of men, all right? When you're able to stand up to people who, whoever they are, they may be Christian, ask you to compromise something that you know means a lot to you for God. He, I know him, and then, of course, it's just a man. Few days, don't talk. Okay, don't talk. Ah. <laughs> After that, okay, really. <laughs> you know. Although in all my life, also we are not very. You know, I just do work as work. Ah. No need to get so close. <clears throat> but my staff come to know Jesus. Okay, I had the privilege of leading a lot of my staff to the Lord, even a Muslim staff. When I was looking, that's so wonderful, right? To be able to lead souls to Jesus. Yeah, it, it, wait, wait up, you know, have the patience. I mean, she got problem, then 
I talked to her about Jesus and she received the Lord. Oh, so beautiful. As long as you're not fear, man, you know that God is with you. Okay? Fear of, okay, uh, actually I skip. I'm not supposed to uh, go so far. Let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. It's for the first one, right? God talks about it. The Bible talks about it. Shun greed, be financially ethical, being content with what you have, for he has said, I will never under any circumstances desert you. You see, when God just talked about him never leaving us, he referred it to money. He says, I will never desert you. talking about money, right? Love of money. And then he says, I will never leave you or desert you because he knows man's need. It's not that God wants you to be poor or don't want to take care of you or wants you to suffer hunger and all that. Never. That's not his purpose. That's why he said, I will never, I will never desert you. Never give you up, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. It's his promise. As long as, that's why he says, with this promise, nor will, it, will I in any degree have you, leave you helpless. Or will I, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you. And he said this promise of never leaving us in relation to money. Right? That means he's telling us and assuring us he will always provide for us. We don't have to go into fear of money. Fear of money is actually uh, of, of lack. It's actually not, real, not knowing that he is with you. Right? You need security. <laughs> okay? So we cannot part for money if we don't know God is with us. And Jesus hears God say, I will never leave you. So you don't have to have this fear or no support. He will never leave you without support. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. For you always have God's presence. See, God is talking about his presence, all right, together with about money. All right, for hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you alone, never. And I will not loosen my grip on your life in relation to your life, money. Fear of men, I just said. So we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me and I will never be afraid of what people may do to me. You set me set up. It set me because I refuse to work on Sunday. It set up. My God is with me. That's what he said. If the Lord is for me, I will never be afraid of what people may do to me. Because you, with God, you're inseparable. He honor you, you honor him, he honors us, he takes care of us. It's his promise. Oops, sorry. And continue from Hebrews 13. All right, he says. Remember your leaders, for it was they who brought you the word of God. And consider the result of their conduct, the outcome of their godly lives. 
I want to imitate. What do you want to imitate? Who you want to imitate? Imitate their faith. That means your spiritual leaders. Okay? Because it's, it's the leaders who brought you the word of God, right? So the earthly leaders didn't bring you the word of God. Okay? So your boss didn't teach you the word of God. <laughs> Very clear. All right? The, 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 your pastors, your leaders, all right, who taught you the word of God. But what do you imitate? You imitate their faith. Their conviction that God exists. If anything, you want to imitate your pastor here, all right? Imitate my faith. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Okay? What is worth imitating in my life is my faith. The faith, their conviction, their my belief, all right? That God exists. I tell you anything, right? God exists, right? and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider of eternal salvation to Christ. Right? Salvation includes every area of our life. And imitate their reliance on God with absolute doubt, <laughs> with absolute trust and confidence in God's power, wisdom, and goodness. If I can leave anything for you all, is that God is real that God exists, that he is the creator, he is the ruler in control of all things, in control of your life, my life, all right, that has already passed over 60 over years, so not bad. Their re reliance on God, I can tell you, throughout the whole journey, even up at 10 years old, is relying on God for everything, even when I fail. The Lord break me with a broken life. Only God can use. I'll teach more about that one day. God cannot use you when you're full of self and self-confidence. Paul says that not in my own confidence, but in his, in his righteousness, not in mine, my ability. And how I rely on God. Imitate this faith. That's all you need to imitate. No need to imitate how I <laughs> wear my makeup or what. Okay. Imitate the faith that I tell you, that I preach, that I teach and share, that God exists and that he is reliable, that you can trust him with your life, with your money, with your finances, with your whatever, with your whole life. Because he is the true God. Don't forget the example of your spiritual leaders who have spoken God's messages to you. Take a close look at how their lives ended. <laughs> That's why Robert Slyden wrote about the lives of the, all the generals, right? Wonderful lives. Right? right? 80 years of serving the Lord. Billy Graham, 99 years the Lord took him. All his life was preaching the gospel. What a life. How they ended so beautifully. Preaching the gospel of, for, for Rehab Bonke. Towards his later years, he had health challenges. So he, he, he still preached. He still preached from Facebook. He still preached, you know. Uh, but he already passed the baton to Daniel Colander or something like that. Run who took over the mantle. Because he don't have the energy to 
do the physical uh, work anymore. And then the Lord took him. All right. See, these leaders who have spoken messages to you, take a close look at how their lives ended. With glory. They asked, you know, even Stephen the martyr, right? When he was, he was the first martyr and he died, how his life ended in glory. God opened the heavens and he saw the angels. He saw God's throne and he said, take my spirit. Lord, that's how their life ended. The thing to die for God is very scary. It is beautiful. That's how his life ended. Do you want your life end like that? Or end? I don't know. But look at the spiritual leaders. Their life ended. They live a life of purpose, of destiny that God has for them. And the angels come and take them into heaven. That is how we want our life to end, right? And then follow their walk of what? Of faith. Yeah, faith. Follow their walk of faith. They believe God. They believe God, even when situation doesn't look okay, right? Their faith, faith is believing God. The substance, well, praise the Lord. I don't know what happened, but uh, that is a little taste of what rapture is like. <laughs> oh, yeah, in a blink of an eye and then gone, okay? And then the, you all had the taste of left behind. <laughs> Joking. Right. Huh? <laughs> for coming back <laughs> yeah okay okay let's okay we are back all right so don't be do not be carried about by different merit all right but let your heart be established and ennobled and strengthened by means of faith of grace by means of grace god's favor and spiritual blessing and not to be devoted to foods rules of diet uh, which bring no spiritual benefit or profit to those who observe them how does this verse linked to the fear of not being good enough or being not good enough. Okay, I thought a lot about not being not good enough, right? How does this verse? Anyone? You wait for answer. I wait for you all to answer. <laughs> Who is the brave one? It's about righteousness in God. Uh, righteousness? Yeah. Because uh, if you are righteous in Christ, it means you are not, with no more fear of uh, not, not, not being good enough. You are of the. Ah, okay. Yeah. You, 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 you got. Uh, the, the, the second part, okay, which is actually righteousness is really grace, right? Being the righteousness of God. So, I must grab the data, okay? <laughs> Our, okay, hello. Yeah, he's, he's, he, uh, he's right. He says, when your heart is to be established and strengthened by grace, okay, that grace, all right, is knowing that you have receiving the undeserved favor of God, right? And which also means that you became righteous by faith. You didn't receive, you know, you are righteous not by your own works. So 
if you have received that grace and the righteousness of God, where is there place for feeling or fearing of not being good enough? Okay, only Robert will understand. <laughs> you all understand? So if you still have those feelings, that's why of uh, not good enough, you know, someone is better, or still scared, you know, to, to speak up, to talk, or whatever, to speak, you know, who, you know, who is my God? Just to, then you feel that you're not good enough. That means you still don't understand that of grace and that God has made you his righteousness, that right standing, that made you good enough already, made you sons and daughters, Romans 8.15. Okay, so it's not superiority complex, neither is it inferiority complex. Okay, actually the world who are feeling, the world without Christ who feels superior, is only self-righteousness. Inside, actually, they are not good enough. They feel not good enough. That's why they work so hard with all their might and their strength and the sweat and the toil, all right, to, to be somebody in this world. Because deep down, they feel they are not good enough. That's why they're always trying to be better. The world tells you, try to be better, better version of yourself. They push you. Why? Because they are pushed from that feeling of not good enough. And then a lot of people in the world have that, right? Because they don't have the righteousness of God in Christ. They don't understand grace. They're not established and strengthened in grace. So we are not strengthened because of the fear inside of not good enough. We are strengthened by grace, knowing that Christ made us good enough. We don't have to try to be better anymore. You are the best in Christ. Yeah? You don't have to fear men. You don't have to fear what they think, right? You are the righteousness of God. So people who strive to be better are those who actually feel they are not good enough. All right. So we have the, when we establish in grace and understanding righteousness, we don't have to strive to be better from a fear of not good enough. Okay. You, you begin to know that God has made you the best, the, the champion, the more than a champion, the more than a conqueror. And you don't have to compete in this world. You just be who God made you. That is called being established in grace. There's nothing to boast about because, you know, the righteousness is not yours. When we are on top because of our own doing, our own power, okay, we become proud. That's why God has to break that pride and the dependence on ourselves to, to go into the life, the law of spirit of life in Christ where we depend on him. When you know you are righteousness of God, it's not self-righteousness. It is supposed to be, you know that you are actually nothing because you've got that righteousness, you've got that rest, right standing, you've got that position by faith, by grace. He gave it to you. That is being established. And then God is able to elevate you. God is able to use you in service because you will not end up with pride. And you know that everything you do, preaching, teaching, whatever, is really his grace. It's really his goodness. Loving people, going to preach out people, is because he saw you as nothing and he picked you up from nothing. We cannot go out and preach the gospel out of pride. 
<laughs> you know, I know a lot. Uh, hey, hey, you don't receive Jesus, you go to hell. Uh, you know, it's not like that. Okay. And then, you know, I know from book of Genesis to Revelation, uh, you know anything or not. So it's not like that. You know, so it's a, the, when we know we are actually nothing, but because of his grace, and he made us his righteousness through the grace, right? We can go out and serve him, just like Paul said. And not to be devoted to foods. Okay, so all these are the ritualistic things that try that help us to, uh, you know, that bind us when we think we are not good enough or we are not in grace. We turn to other things. Don't turn to anything in this world. Right? Your life is very precious. Get everything from God. God's word. Okay, Pastor. Yes. I'm sorry. Please you pray for my uh, my son problem. Oh, later after this, can my my son, my son. Oh, what happened to him? Okay, okay, okay. We pray for what happened to him. Oh wow. Okay, that's great. What, he fell down, is it? You see, he fell down. Okay, let's. I can't see. Is is blood? Bleeding, right? Lord, we just lift up Perak's son before your throne of grace and we thank you, Lord, that you have healed him and caused the wound to be healed and the blood uh, to stop flowing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Praise the Lord. Huh? Jesus healed your son, okay? Yeah. My Amen. son and uh, and problem by uh, by the call. What is it? Fell down from bicycle. Huh? Fell down from bicycle. Oh, fell down on the bicycle. Ah, okay. Ah. Okay, Jesus, take care of your son, all right? Okay, so your spiritual leaders recognize their authority, they keep, obey your spiritual leaders, okay? Keep watch over your soul. So don't aspire to be a pastor, huh? Because you have to watch over the people's soul. And it is in the Bible, okay? Uh, accepted this long time ago in ministry. You cannot say, okay, okay, I don't care. Uh, no. God, uh, take us accountable. That's why when I take up this office, all right, I take up the accountability in every area of this ministry. I have to answer before God. Okay? Obey your spiritual leaders, even to the souls, all right? They keep watch over your soul without resting since they have to give an account to God for their work. So we also have to submit report. Eh? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> As uh, ministers of the Lord, pastors especially, we have to give report. I don't know how it's done, but it's just the heart right, to uh, watch over the lives of the people and be responsible for that, to give an account. Okay, that's why when you give to the Lord or give to ministry, remember you give to God. 
I and their, the pastors or the leaders are responsible. God will, will, will take them accountable for whatever they do. So no worries about, you know, if God has called a particular person to pastor or to be one, then let God deal with them. Okay? On our part, it's just, just now it's imitate their faith and their ending in their life. All right? And uh, be a bit obedient. <laughs> okay? Don't be too disobedient. Because it will benefit you <clears throat> when you make their work a pleasure. So I also need to have some pleasure in, <laughs> in this and not a heavy burden. Okay, so when uh, people are very rebellious, it is a, 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 bit, a, bit, a bit, you know, of a burden on, for the uh, pastor. Okay, but we have taken it. That's why Paul, you know, he has, if you read <clears throat> what he wrote in Corinthians, he is like the father of all the churches that he pioneered, right? And he says that, you know, in, he, he really cares for everyone or the, the churches, especially the leaders inside. And he says internally, he, he feels for the church. And then there's inside, in a sense of pressure, okay, but not the pressure that kills you, that kind of thing, right? That, that, I don't know how to explain it, you know. But at the same time, he has external, he had uh, uh, persecution outside, shipwreck, you know, as you go out for his uh, missions, all right, death threats. And then within the church that he pioneered, Corinthian, Ephesians, and all that, they are like his children, okay? So he takes that responsibility over the internal, the church, as well as the outside world, where he goes out and preach the gospel. Okay, this is a big responsibility, not like, not just a normal, uh, you know, okay, I just pastor and yeah, that's all. No, the, the real one has this understanding. When you take up this uh, authority or this position as pastor, we take up the whole responsibility of watching over the souls. Unless you tell me, Pastor, I don't want, <laughs> you don't, no need to bother about me, okay? That's why sometimes we correct, not that I love to do that, right? but that's the worst task of a, to be a pastor, where you, no choice, but you have to correct sometimes, okay? It's because it's like, not your children, and who cares if, if we have that kind of attitude, right? Like even if your parents right? or teachers in the school, you correct the children, the parents come after you, <laughs> So he said, my husband well just makan buta gaji, right? Let them do whatever they want. They don't want to do homework, let them be up. Hey, correct them, the parents come and scold me. But a real teacher will have the heart, all right? I, I care for you as students. I don't care the parents don't understand anything. They just sit at home and then they think that we teachers are not doing our job. And when we correct them, they get angry with you. Okay? But when you become a teacher outside, all right? You took up this responsibility, all right, to care for your students as well, not just give them information, correct? That's what you call a good teacher, right? Same, pastor also same, okay? If you can choose not to do any correction, who cares, right, your life? I don't know, Jesus said, God said, right, he disciplines someone and corrects because he loves. Even natural fathers discipline their children, all right? So it is in love that we do it. Not because uh, I have got something against you. 
In fact, I try my best not to do it. <laughs> but sometimes cannot, right? Because of love for you, right? That I don't want to see you make that error, okay? So sometimes it comes out. That is from love. That is not because I hate you, okay? So watch over your life. And it will benefit you when you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden. From conquest over the enemy. Okay, why you need to know that God is for you? Okay, because but today already defeated by Christ. Deuteronomy 31.7 Then Moses called for Joshua. Joshua. And all Israel watched. And he said to him, yeah, Moses is the leader, right? Joshua is the next to take over. Be strong and courageous because he's going into the promised land, which is all the wonderful things that God has, but there are enemies inside. Okay? And they have to defeat the, they have to conquer the enemies, the, the Philistines, which is uh, where Goliath come from, that tribe, right? And all the other parasites, right? So be strong and courageous for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. So when Moses called for Joshua, right, he is giving him a commission right, because he's the next in line. And the thing he is first asked is be strong and courageous. When you want to go into battle, it cannot have Fear, fear makes you weak, right? It's strong, but not in your own strength. Courage, but not your own, okay? Because he said, do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. With the commandment to go into the territory and defeat the enemies there, Okay, today it's not physical enemy. As I said, don't go and kill anyone, right? But the devil comes in different ways, all right? And thoughts. We already uh, covered a bit. And it says, don't be afraid. Why? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. When you go into battle, all right? When you go and preach the gospel and you share with people, don't be discouraged, okay? It's very easy to be to. Discourage means no courage. <laughs> you look at the person, oh, you're so scary, right? Just now we already shared. Don't be without courage. You need boldness. For why? And then also know this. You're not alone to preach the gospel. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. See, the first one, when God said, Jesus the words, the word said that God will never leave us without support. He will never be, you know, leave us alone. That is in terms of money, right? If the, the, the material needs that we have, the word of God said, I'm with you, right? And then fear of man. Don't be afraid what man will do to you, okay? Not good enough, right? Then now it talks about this, about the, the be courageous for conquering the enemy, to do deliverance, not be afraid of the devil, okay? Not be afraid of what the devil throws at you when you come confrontation with the evil one himself. God say he is with you. He has already gone personally ahead of you, okay? Third one, 
to preach the gospel to the entire human race without the fear of man. Okay. See, when God, Jesus said to preach the gospel, he also mentioned that he will never leave us. So understand? Whenever he mentioned he never leave us, it's for these three things. That he will support us, all right? In financially, materially, for this world's provisions and needs, right? To conquer the enemy when you are, uh, whatever challenges, and then to preach the gospel. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is, okay, uh, uh, this one I hope you all know, uh, what is the Great Commission <laughs> or your mission in life or your destiny, okay? You don't think of any other destiny <laughs> okay. or any other purpose. Jesus gave us the Father's heart here and his purpose. All right, when Jesus spoke to the disciples and then later on in Acts, Luke and in Acts chapter 1, all authority for what? He, has, he took all the authority by defeating the devil, right? And now he gave it to us and he says, go, go and make disciples, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, uh, Robert Lo, <laughs> your name. And then now I realized got Wendy Lo also. <laughs> okay, got two Lo's here. Robert Lo, Wendy Lo, okay, the rest of you also. Okay, I am with you always. So when you go and preach the gospel and make disciples, one, Jesus said, this promise is more real to you, to you in any other situation. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That means the end of time. So you're not alone. You're not alone. Okay? He is with you in these situations that the verse, the word of God clearly says that you need him and he's, he will never leave you. Okay? And he said to them, as you, Mark 16, 15. And if you say, I don't know what's my destiny, Pastor. I'm very clear with you, okay? <laughs> I better say in clear, clear. Otherwise, after the whole session finished with you, next time I ask you, what is your uh, mission in life? You said, don't know. <laughs> okay? So I better, better put it very clear. Okay? Every believer's mission and destiny and purpose and calling in life ultimately is this. Okay, all the preparation, the teaching is to make you become a disciple, equip you, the fivefold ministry to equip you for this work. Okay, to go for what Jesus commanded. Go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to a few people, to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. So this part is wonderful when Jesus tells you, you are not responsible for whether they believe or not believe. But our part is to go and preach the gospel. So no one 
give up, give me another question. What is my destiny, Pastor? What is why God put me on this earth? Okay, clear enough. <laughs> yeah, very clear, all right? Because this is your purpose. So if you have not even started to begin doing this, all right, then start. It's not too late, all right? God is so good, all right, that He gives us a chance to fulfill His purpose. It's not our the, the world tells us about your dreams, you know, your dreams. Every time I tell you about your goals, your dreams, to distract you from God's goal, God's dream. God's dream is to make you a new creation that's done by Jesus. Okay, that's why we love him. And then his dream is for every of his children, sons and daughters, to fulfill this great commission. All right, whether in small way, big way, whichever way, doesn't matter. As long as you start sharing the gospel. All right, whether to a little child, start sharing, start seeing, leading people to Jesus from your own mouth, your own life. This is, then you are, you are beginning to enter into your destiny. <laughs> uh, destiny is not just marry the richest man on earth or you know have the million dollars and all that. Okay, that is all the the world give you. You know when I, I put destiny in the uh, YouTube one time, I just put destiny, and then all come out the songs about I love you. You know we are destiny meant to meet each other. <laughs> okay, that's fine, but it's a it's a I would say just an earthly thing, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't last for eternity, that, that, that thing, okay? It, it is fine, all right? You can have your, your love and all that. Supposed to teach on PGR, right? But uh, let's see when, okay? Maybe next week or maybe next week we all talk. We just got one more week before 18 and 19, all right? We see how, all right? Because that is not the very important, but okay. <laughs> But a lot of people very important because they don't realize their destiny is not just having a man or a woman. Okay, that is fine. Okay, but we have a deeper, higher calling, which is preach the gospel, save souls, and it is every person's personal destiny. If God had to put Jonah inside a fish <laughs> to let him get back into his destiny. He did it. <laughs> All right. So let's hope nobody enter a fish, right? <laughs> nobody here. Okay. It's just go follow this and then you don't need to go inside the fish mouth. <laughs> okay. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe they will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and drinking any poisonous. Anything poisonous, they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. Now, I want to go to this. And after these things, saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven. Oh. These are his last words, right? <laughs> okay, remember Jesus' last words, okay? <laughs> so you don't give me a fright, eh? okay, no, He didn't say peace, <laughs> although there's nothing wrong with that, okay? But he gave us something to do. Now that, you know, wait for the Holy Spirit and then here, he was going to go up to heaven. Isn't it so wonderful to have something to do in life? Can you imagine got nothing to do? <laughs> All right, Robert Lowe retired and you got nothing to do. Very boring, right? <laughs> so, yeah. If, if 
God is so good. He gave us something to do, but not of our own effort. And also by promising that he will be with us. Okay, now you look at this. Jesus lifted up in heaven, sat down and at a place of honor at the right hand of God. So we will be sitting with him. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere. The apostles already, even without having the, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit yet, okay, they were already speak, preaching the good news. And the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating or confirming the message to preach with miracle signs that accompanied them. Do you see anything here? God worked with them. That means you are not alone. Okay? One thing. And what does it mean by the Lord working with you? The Lord is with you. The Lord with you. What does it mean? He is your partner in ministry. All right? In preaching the gospel. And what does having partnership mean? Is he your senior partner or is he your junior partner? <laughs> it's Jesus, <laughs> all right? Your, or is it a 50-50% share? Yeah, senior. Huh? Senior, okay. So, he only asked for 10% share. <laughs> follow. Very good, right? Use partner. That is your types, right? Our type. If you want to put it, you know, there are many ways of seeing it, but you know, this is how the Holy Spirit gave me. It's so funny, right? This morning, because sometimes I have the word, I don't have the revelation, but it comes, all right? And then, in terms of finance, you only take 10%. <laughs> okay, which partner? You go in and then they give you 90%, you know, and then you only 10%. Another aspect of partnership, okay? Both of you working together, actually, he will do everything for you, right? All you did is just open your mouth and talk. <laughs> the rest, he do one. Miracle signs and wonders, is it we do? No, he do the healing. He do the saving, right? He got, first of all, he died on the cross, right? And he the, he the one who lead you, which soul to preach to. And, you know, he does the protecting. He does a lot of things in the ministry for you to be successful in the ministry. And then you say, oh, so nice. I got a crown some more after that. But his share is only 10% in terms of finances. Okay? Another thing about partnership. If he is senior partner, we consult him, right? Or he consult you. Is he working for you or are you working for him? <laughs> We're asking, Holy Spirit, you work for me, yeah? Okay, in the business. We consult him, all right? That means, like, in a, in a natural business, we ask him. If you say, okay, Holy Spirit, you're my business partner in the business, okay? Because he will be with us in everything that we do, right? So in terms of business or our work, we consult him or he had to work for us. Okay, lah, you know, you, you, you just keep quiet, Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, we consult him. What to do? We follow his principles, his ways of doing the business. Not man, okay? Not the people around you, not your boss. Although whatever things he requires you to do, if, it's, if it doesn't contradict your spiritual uh, belief or, or service to Lord, then Okay, but other than that, cannot. Because my senior partner is Holy Spirit. I, we are together on this. Okay, that means we seek His will, what to do, 
what to do with the finances, what to do with everything. All right. And then he work, you be, that's called working together. Okay. Not put Jesus there and then got problem and say, oh God, this business got problem. <laughs> then come and help me. He still help. But how wonderful if all the way, all right, we put him as our the leader, the consultant all the time. That's why it says, Holy Spirit lead you, not you lead Holy Spirit. <laughs> Many times you tell Holy Spirit what to do, right? <laughs> Always ask him when we need help. <laughs> but he is, if you know how to work with Holy Spirit, he will definitely lead you into glory, victory, signs and wonders happen, all right? When we preach, announcing the good news is the gospel plus everything inside, okay? With all the blessings and everything that God is for you, God's not against you, and overcoming life, all, all this is inside the gospel, okay? The first thing is to get the person saved or rather to preach the gospel for him to get saved. After that, tell him about the life, the faith. Jesus is real in your life. Your blessings, your business prosper. How does a business prosper? You can always do it with your own hard work or let Jesus lead you and follow his principles of prosperity in the work of our hands. Okay? So that is God working with us. You see, I will never leave you. But provided we allow him to come into our business life, our working life, our everyday life, and ministry life the gospel is what he said especially preaching the gospel right you cannot heal anybody i don't have any power to heal anyone jesus is the one who heals he worked with me he worked consistently with those who go out and preach the gospel they went out if you go out today you see someone and you share jesus with them this is the word God said, Jesus said, I'll work with you. I'll do the signs and the miracles and the wonders. All you need to do is speak my word. Do it my way. God, Jesus is the way. All right? Is the Old Testament very sad? Because there's this verse in Isaiah, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. In the new creation, shouldn't be like this. Okay? We seek his mind. But we seek the mind of Christ. We seek the mind of the Holy Spirit. What do I do here? Lead me, Holy Spirit. Guide me. Show me. But remember, the unwritten word, if we don't obey God in the written word, don't expect God to speak to you in the unwritten will. Okay? This is very real. It's practical, real life. We say, God, I want to, you, you know, uh, tell me, uh, who to marry, what to do, or all, all, all this. And then the written word that is very clear, which is the logos, we don't want to obey. How is he going to talk some more? It's like your mother, that father, father tell you, right? You, you do this. You don't want to do this. You want to do the next thing above it. You don't start, you know, obey what I tell you first. How are you going to, you ask me to tell you some further thing. You don't hear anything, one. If you hear, you're all confused. You want to hear God 
start obeying certain things that he tell you in the word, very clear one, you know, the word clear one. Then the one that is not written in the word, he will start speaking to you super clear. <laughs> you just have to walk this walk with God and experience it for yourself. Okay? If you don't believe me. <laughs> you say, oh, I don't know God ever speak to me. Okay. Start looking at the word and seeing, is there anything in the written word that God wants me to obey and I'm not yet obeyed? Let me obey that. And suddenly you will see the Holy Spirit very clear. Okay. So this is a wonderful walk with God, with Jesus. All right. The life of living in pleasure and not pressure. That God, the last verse in this chapter is nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. And you know, it's not just for us to feel not lonely. <laughs> okay. It is for us to overcome challenges, it's for us to overcome those fears of lack, men and not good enough, and it is for us to conquer, it's offensive, okay? When you know that there are people with you, you are more bold, right? <laughs> you go and confront the something, right? You go with a lot of people, right? If you go alone, more scary, right? So, same. God says you don't need to go alone into the battlefield or in this world. I'm with you always. Says, Lo, I'm with you always <laughs> until the end of the age. Lo means actually behold, see, it's the old English. Behold, see, see, open your eyes, see, I'm with you. And then more than that, if you serve the Lord, all right, you preach the gospel, there are angels with you. See, even God, Elijah, the, all the angels, warring angels, angel Michael, all are there for you, not against you. All right, especially when you speak the word the gospel, there are many with you. It says there are more with us than the more than the world outside, than the enemy's camp. You make sure you're in the right camp. <laughs> Don't blur blur go into the enemy's camp. <laughs> okay, that one cannot uh, slaughter, you know, what's his name? Uh, the Deborah, the, the guy, Sisira. Yeah, he blur blur. Right? He, he's the enemy, right? He blur blur, he go into the uh, Israeli, the lady, Jael's uh, tent. And then got killed. This is good one. Okay, but the believer don't go blah blah into the enemy's camp. Okay, <laughs> that, that's not good. The enemy slaughter you. Okay, and then you come back. Oh, you're here broken, there broken, broken heart, broken head, broken everything. Okay, and then need repair. Okay, so be very uh, clear. God is with you. God is for you. God's love will never, nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. In Christ Jesus, the anointed one. Amen. <laughs> Ready to go to another level? <laughs> Amen. All the mighty warriors of God. Okay. You have finished this. All right. Live your life. No more stress, no more pressure. Always knowing his word. If you forget a lot of things, listen again. All right. We have our beautiful Zoe. Uh, always give us the recorded one so that you don't miss anything. Because yes, I know the teaching is a bit long. Right. But listen more. Okay. Listen again and again. Okay. It's not information. It's revelation. Right. When you hear God's word, until you get it, then it is yours. 
if it if it manifests in your life, huh? Okay, some of you cannot even answer what is the established in grace. Thank God, God, Robert, don't answer correct. <laughs> if not, I also fainted. <laughs> no, like, I'm sure you all, some of you know, okay? But if you don't know, it's right. There is no condemnation, but on our part, we know we haven't got it. Go get it, okay? Doesn't mean I haven't got it. I go sit down and condemn myself. No, go for it. All right, evening go, go for it. Okay, go into the Bible, discover God's word and the relationship with God. Oh, the love letter. Some of you never read your love letter, man. <laughs> ah, your boyfriend write to you, you don't want to read. Ah. Ayyo, this one is your lover from heaven who died for you and never leave you. He don't want to read his letters to you. These are all letters, okay? The, the, what we read, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, they are all letters. Paul wrote, okay, Mark, Matthew, Mark, all wrote to, to us, to the people, okay? So it is from God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, every word there for us today to fill our hearts, not to fill our minds or, or put on the table, okay? Fill your hearts and then you have that loving, living relationship with God and the word of God becomes so real in you. Faith is not a problem. Okay, faith is no more a problem because the word is faith, right? It's inside you. You speak it out. You don't even realize you are walking in faith when you walk in the word of God. Amen. Don't say so many times. Okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. Come on, let y'all go for physical food. Praise the Lord.